Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We focus on the Latinx presence in the comic industry with a special focus on strong female characters and creators. Hello and welcome to episode 22. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Yes, today we have a very special show, so let's just get right into beer drinking. What is up, Kristen? <laughs> right into it. Once is the malted liquor, what gets you drunk or bigger, what comes in bottles or in cans? Beer. Can't get enough of it, beer. how we really love it, beer. makes me think I'm a man. I could kiss and hug it, but I'd rather chug it, beer. got my belly out to here. Beer. I could not refuse it, beer. I could really use it. Beer, 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 beer. Today we have this awesome, timely beer by Belching Beaver. Timely because it is Deftones Phantom Bride. It's October, uh, Halloween, Dia de los Muertos coming up in November. Um, The can is a, um, what I'm assuming is a skull of a beaver. I'm assuming that's what that is. It looks like a beaver. It looks like a beaver skull, yeah. (laughs) So it's in a, kind of like a... Uh, Dia de los Muertos type style um, mm-hmm. of the skull. The the artwork on here is amazing. Um, it's oh, yes. Phantom Bride India Pale Ale. This is a 7.1% ABV. Um, it comes, uh, we have it in a can. Um, I don't know if it's, they have it in bottles or not, but this is a special collaboration that Belching Beaver did with the Deftones. Um, the Phantom Bride name, the beer is named after the ethereal song by the one and only Deftones Phantom Bride IPA is a blend of Amarillo, Citra, Simcoe, and Mosaic hops, delicately balanced for the perfectly drinkable mix of citrus and hoppy goodness. And Jen, as soon as I opened it and poured it, you were saying that you could smell it citrusy. Yeah, it smelled like oranges. Yeah. So uh, I didn't even know that Deftones had a song named Phantom Bride. Me neither. Yeah. So I ha- we'll have to check that out. I'm going <laughs> to listen to that. That sounds like my show. <laughs> so it says, uh, it's a truly original Deftones Belching Beaver collaboration envisioned by Chino Moreno and skillfully crafted by Thomas Peters. Mm-hmm. Sit back, put on your headphones, and drink away. Mm. I like that. So, uh, yeah, it's very citrusy. I'm smelling the can. Uh, I just had a cough drop, so I don't know how it's going to taste in my mouth. I love it. (laughs) Yes. It is so good. It is. Okay. I didn't expect it to be this good. Yes. By the way. Uh, It's very, very light. Um, Very citrusy. There is that hoppy IPA taste. It's unmistakable. Mm -hmm. But some people don't like IPAs because of that harshness at the Mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. To me, this doesn't have it at all. Yeah. And honestly, I'm rue the day then when I drink a really hoppy IPA because <laughs> then I'm going to be like, oh, shit, I hate IPAs again. <laughs> but all the IPAs that we've drank have been really good yeah. and not super hoppy. And I like this. I like I like the tartness of it. It tastes like mm-hmm. I'm it tastes like or, orange blossoms are in my mouth. <laughs> I like it. Orange blossoms. <laughs> I love that. That, yeah, that I love that. The, the um, smell, the the notes of the citrus, and uh, what else am I? I, I don't know, but it's delicious. I I kind of smell like vanilla. Mm. I don't know, but it's just so hmm. smooth and 
um, it quenches. I, I'm a little bit sweaty right now, TMI, but uh, <laughs> it quenched my thirst. It's definitely a, a summer drink, I think, to me. I mean, I, ne- I don't really generally think of IPAs as, oh, a summery drink mm-hmm. because they're 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 heavy and uh, high alcohol, but this, I think, I could get me into trouble. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, well, today was really super hot. And yes. so oh, right wow. now, yeah. uh, October in um, Southern California, people, it was like 90-some 90 90, degrees. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. It, uh, it, it was, was 95 degrees. 95 degrees. I checked degrees. because I was suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's pretty horrible. Maybe that's why my, my face kind of hurts. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, but this is a very welcome brew right now, and this kind of w- warm weather we're having um, and this is just, I don't know, man, I'm really happy. I'm really, you know what, this is the brew that I want in my cup when I'm watching Stranger Things yeah. and passing out Halloween candy. This is it. Oh. This is it for me. This is what this is what happiness like looks like. <laughs> now that you just said that, like, I don't, like, uh, like the this visual and this, like, um, um, comparison just came to mind right now. It tastes like... How a marigold smells. Oh, Ooh. yes. That's yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Interesting. It's that, that's what I'm going to compare it to. Like, no, people don't actually eat a marigold. No. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, 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 all, all flowers taste nasty. I know this. <laughs> Ask my six-year-old self. <laughs> who did it on a dare. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's like one of the, like, you know, like how people say, like, they wish they could bite into a pumpkin spice candle. And yeah. Like, yeah. like, that's obviously not how it's going to taste right. like. Uh, like that's pumpkin spice, but like the, that's the comparison right. I'm gonna yeah. go with. Because I can, because it's October, but it tastes it tastes like how a marigold smells. Yeah, and I think that's very appropriate. Oh, and I like I am that. For that. Well, Belching Beaver is a, a Southern California brewery. They have uh, five locations in the San Diego area. Uh, one in uh, North Park, one in Ocean Beach, one in Vista. Uh, and uh, there's a tavern and grill it also in Vista, and then an ocean, another Oceanside brew house. So um, they're all kind of in the, the San Diego area, um, northern to more southern. Uh, and I, I stopped at Belching Beaver on the way back from San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, I don't think it was this year. It was last year. And they have a, um, they have a beer that is so good that I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't drink stouts, but this was just like it blew my mind. It's the Mexican chocolate peanut butter stout. So you know that mm. abuelita chocolate that you yes. all used to sneak out of the cabinet uh, yes. to eat yeah. <laughs> right out of the package? Do they use that? Um, that's what it tastes Holy like. Holy fucking shit. That's what it tastes <laughs> like. I need that beer. It is so good. I I highly wow. recommend it. Um, that's the, the cinnamony chocolate flavor of abuelita is the taste that you taste in this beer. Mm. So um, so we're drinking today their, uh, their Deftones collaboration, uh, Phantom Bride. But if you ever get a chance to drink the Mexicans, uh, Mexican chocolate uh, peanut butter stout or even just their straight peanut butter milk stout, uh, just it's, it's awesome. So shout out to Belching Beaver and um, definitely... 
they have multiple beers that I think you will enjoy. Well, I really enjoyed this one. This is my first time trying a Phantom um, Belching Beaver, mm. and I'm already a fan. Yeah. I mean, just this brew alone has sent me into their fandom. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's on my radar. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this, I really love this. I, I didn't expect it to be so delicious. Yeah. I mean, I kind of was thinking, because, I mean, uh, Monkish has pretty much set the bar for beers for me. So, um, and, and they, I always get, I always try to get their can releases, so everything's pretty much fresh, but this one is blowing my mind right now, like totally blowing my mind, I mean, it's so good, and there's the right kind of, like, numbness in my eyes right now, (laughs) it's just perfect. So, are we we ready to rate it, guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I forgot about rating, I I, I wanted to drink it. (laughs) Well, for me, this is Sarah, I'm going to rate it a full. Um, I'm really loving it. It's a welcome surprise. The can itself is really artistically done. Yes, I love that. Uh, the mm-hmm. beaver skull with the with the kind of like the paint over it, like uh, the Day of the Dead kind of skull, amazing. Um, they have roses instead of marigolds, but that's okay. I love the font. Lately, I've been a fan of fonts, guys. So, yes, I love the font. <laughs> but, yeah, this is a great beer. If you guys can find this, definitely buy it because uh, it's a really great, great beer. And uh, now it's on my radar, this Belching Beaver. So, this is Kristen. I also give it a full. Um, I tasted this at uh, the Torrance Craft Beer Cellar. Um, if you're in the South Bay area, every Friday from 5 to 8, I believe, they do free beer tastings and they have different breweries come in and um, offer tastings from about three, four, five different types of uh, beers from a particular brewery. And they had Belching Beaver there the other day. And this was one of the ones that they had there. And um, it's a free tasting. Uh, and um, it's kind of an awesome way to try out new breweries that you don't have readily access to. Um, and they had this one there, and I fell in love with it right away. So I had to bring it to uh, the show so that we can uh, I could share with Jen and Sarah and uh, share it with you guys too because it's definitely worth it. This is Jen. I'm going to go with Rigid. Cause really? I, I like it. Really? <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> it's not. It's not super saying. It's not. Uh-huh. It's not that monkey. It's yeah. not monkeys. It's not sticky monkey. monkey. Yeah. It's not that sticky monkey good. But I, I like it. I, I like it. Especially once I made that comparison to the marigolds, yeah. that seals it for me. And, I like this beer. And then you. It didn't even dawn on me you making the connection with marigolds and Dia de los Muertos. That's yeah. the flower. Yeah, exactly. So that I, I actually love that uh, even more now. Yeah. So I'm I'm going with rigid. I really like this. I like the flavor. Ooh. I like the I like the the what call it the vision that I have. Of this. <laughs> and it's well, <laughs> <laughs> it's a collaboration. So uh, I don't know how many um, no. how many were brewed and and canned and how long it's going to be available. But if you can get your hands on it, definitely. I, I was just at uh, the Torrance Craft Brewery. Um, uh, craft beer cellar. There you go. Uh, the other day, and they still had some. So if you can uh, get your hand on it, on any, definitely do it. Google will be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. They put ingredients: water, malt, hops, and yeast. Coolness. Nice. Excellent. <laughs>
All right, guys. What are we What are we reading today? Okay, everybody. It's the book you've been waiting for since we did the review of the first issue. Quince. Quince <laughs> is having their trade paperback. Um, uh, what do you call it? There, it's being released in uh, I think late October, so in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you may remember, we talked about having uh, a trade paperback release party at Heidi Hill Comics, which we are going to do. It is official. It's official. Is it's going to be on November 4th, which is a Saturday from uh, 5 to 8 o'clock. Um, we'll, that's our official closing time. Uh, if the party's lit, we'll keep going all night long. Keep going all night long. <laughs> like an actual king said, the party don't stop until everybody's too drunk. <laughs> but this... Uh, it, it's going to be a super cool event. Uh, it's obviously celebrating the uh, trade release of Quince, but uh, we also are going to be having food. There's going to be a photo booth. There's going to be uh, some music. The um, artists, obviously, are going to be there. The writer, the creator, the artist. Uh, Fanbase Press will be there. Uh, it's just going to be lots of fun. There's going to be a candy table. No Quince is complete without a candy table. Yeah. So um, definitely... Mark your calendars for November 4th from uh, 5 to 8 at Heidi Ho Comics, which is in Santa Monica. But for those of you who haven't heard our review about Quinta, we'll give you a little brief uh, synopsis. Uh, Quinta is um, a comic book that Fanbase Press released through Comixology. Uh, they did, uh, it was a 15-part limited series. Uh, where they released a new issue on the 15th of every month. Get it? 15? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was created by uh, Sebastian Cadlis. I can't. I'm sorry for botching your name. Cadlisic. I don't even think that's right. Cadlisic? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, and uh, he, the cool thing about this is he had this idea. He had this, this story brewing in his head. And he... I think had enough self-awareness to say, uh, you know, a quinceañera is a very uh, female-centric thing. Uh, and he wanted to make sure that the story was told very authentically. And so he um, he recruited a, a team, an artist and a writer who happened to be sisters, um, Kit Steinkellner and Emma Steinkellner to uh, work on Quinta and create this story. And I just have to tell you that it is amazing. Quinta tells the story of Lupe, a 15-year-old girl who discovers that her quinceañera brings with it a super cool party, but also superpowers. Nice. So uh, I think uh, I think you all know that uh, adventure and craziness ensues. Um, but there's a catch. Uh, her quinta powers only last as long as she's 15. So for one full year, uh, from her 15th birthday until she turns 16, she has these powers. And so uh, the the series follows Lupe throughout her year of just trying to learn how to deal with her powers, how to control them, and really what 
to do with them. Um, there's multiple times in the story. I mean, she's a 15-year-old girl where she's like, no, I don't want to go save people's lives. I want to go to prom or I want to just stay home and watch TV or, you I'm know. I homecoming. I want, yes. I want a normal life. Yes. Yeah. So it it's really, I think, a coming-of-age story um, of Lupe not only coming into her own um, as the Kinsa superhero, but also just what it means to um, to be a teenager and learning about responsibilities and um, and she's also she's a Latina with a, an extended family that she lives with and so um, there's a lot of family storyline that comes into play too. So that's a little bit of backstory on Kinsa and uh, what did you girls think now that you are able to read the whole story? I absolutely loved it. It was <laughs> I second the motion. So cute. I loved the entire thing. I loved the ending. I loved everything about it. I love Lupe and I she's amazing. Yes. And it was it was really good, but I think my p- favorite character had to be La Abuela. Oh, oh yes, definitely. Yeah. And it's just like um and you could tell that they did the research with this because yes. um uh, in the book, in the book, when the abuela says that, oh, like, I got my superpowers when I was, when I had my 15, but, like, before that, she said, you know, quinceaneras weren't a thing mm-hmm. in Mexico for poor people. They mm-hmm. were, yes. yeah, they were, they I were only, loved that. they were only done by the rich, and that's true. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is very and much true. And I'm glad you touched on that, too, because when I was reading it, and you see kind of, like, the, uh, where they go, they do that, um, what do they call when you go back in time? Flashback. flashback. A flashback. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> a flashback and it's black and white. Yes. And I'm thinking, that doesn't look right. You know, immediately I said, that doesn't look right because um, she wouldn't have had one because, she, you know, like, they obviously are in the U.S. now. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. mostly people that are well off in Mexico don't immigrate to the U.S. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, that doesn't seem right. But then when you notice that she, she's like, she's the... Um, She's a waitress yes, at uh-huh. a quinceanera. I was like, yes, that, I get it now. Like yeah. they, to, you know, like they they're doing it right. Like yeah, for me, yeah. they were doing it right. And that really showed me that they did look into this. They weren't, they weren't just like, oh, quinceanera, just a party or something. Yeah, like yeah. everybody has one. Like yeah. equivalent of a party for brown 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 little girls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. It's not. It has its history. It has yeah. its different connotations. And I thought that was, like, really a very nice, very true touch of, like, people's situation and what uh, her grandma had to go through. And I thought that was very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really love that. Because you see, I, it was one of, I mean, there's several scenes in this comic book overall, but that particular flashback where you see this beautiful girl in this gown and she looks like a ballerina yeah. mm-hmm. uh, dancing her walls and then you For don't moment, notice you think it's, it's her yeah. yeah and then like uh and then you don't notice at first but in the background she's in the background yeah. serving hors d'oeuvres yeah. mm-hmm. with the tray and I'm just like oh it was just so great it was so well put together mm-hmm. i love the writing style totally love the writing style i love their you know um it's such a great grasp of today's language and how kids speak now. Yes. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. It's so authentic. I mean, I I went to a 
panel in San Diego where uh, the creative team was on the panel, and they kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, they're the the artist and the uh, creator, I don't know what their ages are, but they seem like they're probably in their 20s. If not, then um, I'm giving them a, a huge <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a huge shout out to how well they're aging, but I feel <laughs> like that's that's around their age group. And so they're, they're close to uh, not so long ago being in the teenage years. But even in your, tw- and when I was in my 20s, I remember feeling so out of touch with uh, t- the teens that I was working with and the things that they were saying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like you hit it really on the head that the authenticity of the language and the way that they're talking and stuff is just, it it's, to me, sounds like teenagers. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it was like, it was a bit like, I mean, like even I like me having a conversation with my little sister, mm-hmm. who is at that age. <laughs> she just she she just turned sixteen, or seventeen. No, sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I lose track because she's, she's like she'll forever be five in my head. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, she just turned sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. And, um, but it was like, it, reading it was like, I'm like, I'm just like, yeah, this is how, this is how teenagers talk. Mm-hmm. Right? I know this. I deal with them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Da- right down to the, the lethargy of the character when she's like, I don't want to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, why do I have to take this test? Why do I have to train? Like, you know, it's, it's cute in, mm-hmm. in a way, but it's so teenager, you know, something that, um, teenagers are like, why do I have to do that? Like, I just want to sleep. You know, it's it, it was perfect. I really liked it. I liked her boy crazy side too. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was totally cute. Um, <laughs> that was cute. Maybe because like Dev, I, hot Devin and hot, 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 Devin. hot, hot Devin. Devin. It was hot like, Dylan. like, hot like Dylan. well, I never participated in talk like that because I wasn't boy crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I was a different kind. <laughs> <laughs> no, even then I didn't know, and it wasn't until later. Um, uh, but. I thought it was fun because that's how my little sister talks, and that's how I remember a lot of my friends talking about guys. Like, he's hot, he's hot, he's not, but he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and if somebody, and if somebody did have the same name, they would give him like, uh, like, like fine a number two, or, like, or like or fine ass Kevin, or like nice hair Kevin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ner- like nerd George or hot George. <laughs> I like the fact that um, the grandmother just took it upon herself to start training her with her superpowers. Yeah. Um, like, she was really discipline-oriented. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really cute when they mentioned the hot Cheetos. Like, if you do, like... Yeah. Oh, my God. That was the realest moment. Yeah. She was like, you earned your hot Cheetos. I was just like, girl, do you know what I would do for hot Cheetos? Like, I would yes. do a lot. Her little fingers <laughs> were all good. <laughs> <laughs> totally cute. Um, and let's touch upon her her abilities. I mean, she has the power to float, mm-hmm. to fly. Uh, she has super strength. She's sort of bulletproof. Um, and you know that the thing where she made the restroom, uh, yeah. the bathroom that she blew up back. Uh-huh. She had uh, telekinesis. Kinesis, I think they were talking. About. But she like fully fixed that bathroom. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. a wish, a wish power or something. I don't know. Something, something like that because. There's a scene towards the end of the book yeah. that I think kind of... Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. I got teary-eyed. I did, too. Oh, my oh, God. Even right like now, my, my chest feels tight thinking yeah. about it. And we won't and spoil it, but it was yeah, it was okay. really so touching. It and really was. Mm-hmm. 
and it was like, but her powers seem to have no limits besides her imagination. Because yeah, because she's also able to start time. Well, her grandmother, grandmother did. was. Yeah, oh, yeah. I see. So it changes for everyone. I think it changes, or it's just like what they're best at, or yeah. like what the si- I think the grandma hinted at what the situation called for, because the mom didn't get the powers. Right, because yeah. Her mom didn't need to be a superhero, but something happened that called for Guadalupe to develop these powers. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's it's very interesting. There's something that they could definitely follow up on. I would love yes. to read a follow-up. Like, uh, does she ever get her powers back? Or does she, like, maybe in the, as as an older adult or her little sister? Yeah. Like, there was... I mean, yeah, the, the fact she has a little sister definitely leaves the door open for uh, Quince Part 2. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm I very much liked it. It was super cute. I love the artwork. I love the artwork, yes. yes. Like uh, it so so it really I think paired well and and I, mm-hmm. the sisters talked about this too. It's just that they're sisters. They mm-hmm. they kind of uh uh this, they both talked about how um when each of them, either the writer or the artist, they each put so much into it because their main end goal was to um, to really uh, impress their sister. Mm-hmm. And so, they, oh, that's so cool! Yeah, A little they, competition uh, going. Uh-huh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was super cute, and um, the art style fits perfectly with the writing style. It, it oh, just yeah. it, it does for me. And yeah, it was it was great. I love Guadalupe. I and you know I love these little monologues she had where she was like, I thought you know being a superhero I could just like fix things and make it right. And but she's like, it's even harder than ever. Like I have to train, mm-hmm. I have to save thing people. She never sleep. I don't sleep. Yeah. I can't even finish a full meal. Yeah, yeah. yeah she couldn't have lunch with her friends yeah. yeah and i mean even when she stopped that robber and then the cops came she's like oh thanks max person mm-hmm. she's like can we do anything for you she's like can i have your dough yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just it's just cute little things like that that were just so impressive especially the like, way the the story yeah. tone went yeah, especially like that little bit of like added realism about superheroing especially a teenager superhero because yeah. teenagers eat a lot mm-hmm. i know this well, besides my little sister who has the stomach the size of an ant. Um, <laughs> but, like, teenagers eat a lot. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my little brother, we're 12 years apart. I remember him coming to visit when I was in college. And um, my roommate and I, her brother came to visit, too. And they were both, my brother was probably 12 and her brother was, like, 15. Um, but they were both coming to visit for a week and we were we were college students and we spent all our money like stocking up on food and everything oh my gosh they mm-hmm. ate us out of house and home <laughs> we were serious? we were out of food like on the third day <laughs> yeah food is just gone yeah snacks gone uh-huh. drinks gone yep yeah, I remember those. Uh, Hope you hit all your alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> those moments where uh, my mom would buy two gallons of milk and they were gone by the midweek. They yeah. were gone. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um, I like the fact that her grandmother designed her costume as yes. well. Yes, yeah, that was so cool. And I I love how they they kind of mention it at the end where like. Uh, 
that uh, Lupe was like kind of uh, difficult around it, like made her do it like three or four times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she she's like she made me design it four times, uh-huh. yeah. and she's like, Grandma, I don't think that's relevant. But, yeah. but it was, it's, it's this cute little banter they have with each other. I thought it was really cool. Uh, like there's a point where they're like in the car and she's exhausted, and her her brother and sister are like bothering her. And her brother's like, you become mental in your old age. Because she just turned 15. Right. Metal. It was metal or mental? Yeah. No, metal. Yeah, because she said, like, if I don't have to kill anybody and if I don't die, I consider that a good day. He's just like, you've become metal in yeah. your old age. <laughs> yeah. when, he, when he said that, I was just like, huh? Yeah. Because <laughs> same. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And then the first person she saves. The first. First person she saves is Devin. Yeah. Hot Devin. Hot Hot Devin. Because he gets stuck. Uh, He was putting up some kind of poster or something, and now he's dangling for his life. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, which Devin is it? Is it (laughs) Hot Devin? Uh, Well, regardless, she's going to go save him. But, I mean, it was like her first save. And she, it's it's so cute. She's so bold. And I love her personality that she took the opportunity after she saved him to give him a kiss. Yes. Not yeah. a full-on blown kiss, yeah. but a kiss on the cheek. But it was enough to, you know, get him all smitten. Yeah. Because not only did she save him, she's like a mysterious. And he's like, oh, my new crush. Mass figure. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so I thought that was really cute because he was like totally smitten after that. Yeah. yeah. He um, And then, of course, she has to, uh, she is the person, and she needs tutoring. Yeah. Because her her grades are dropping yes, because exactly. of the fact that she has to sneak out of her house every night to go fight crime. <laughs> and so her parents think that it's a matter of getting a tutor because she just uh, needs help with subjects. And, of course, Hot Devin is uh, the person who uh, comes to tutor her. Yeah. Okay. You, I remember we were talking about this uh, at the book club last time uh-huh. about favorite tropes. That. Is one of my favorite <laughs> tropes. The tutor and uh, yeah. tutory. <laughs> Grease, too. <Yeah. laughs> Grease, yes. Okay. Yeah. I know this is blasphemy, but I honestly like Grease, too. Better. Grease. <laughs> like, I love Grease, I, but Grease, too, was my shit. I love Grease, too. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I know I can sing Heart Rider right now. <laughs> I would join you. <laughs> Oh, cool rider, not hot rider. Yeah, cool he's rider. a cool rider. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, <laughs> but I just thought it was so cute. Um, you know, her social media is blowing up, but her as a person, as a regular, you know, Guadalupe is just, you know, going way under the radar. Nobody really talks to her really like she has her group of friends but nobody and she's kind of feeling it as a 15 year old she's feeling like i'm getting so much publicity and so much social media Mm -hmm. coverage and there's so much uh love for q which is her alter ego yeah um but there's none for me and i mean she knows that there's a reason for it because she has to protect her identity but at the same time she kind of like doesn't like that fact um Mm -hmm. especially since now she knows that Devin has a little crush on her yeah. I love when her family she gets found out. Yes. Because um I I have to say that she probably 
um, succeeded in sneaking out of a Latina household um, <laughs> a little bit longer than what was realistic because uh, little kids are all up in your business all the time. Look, let me tell you, <laughs> I never successfully snuck out of my house oh, no. because they were on it. Yeah. My mom slept like a... Like I don't know, like a freaking owl or something. Like she, like as soon as the smallest knows, she'd be like, "What's that? Who's up? Why are you up?" Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? Go back to sleep. That's and I had funny. to bullshit my way and just be like, "Oh, I'm, I'm just getting, getting water. I'm just getting water. I, I'm getting water fully dressed with my with my purse. With my purse. <laughs> I love that when that she came back in and she's like, "What are you guys doing here?" And and her little siblings were there and she's oh, like, you're like, we we're here to watch you get in trouble. It was past our bedtime, but we wanted to watch you get in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> real, the realest because anytime. Even now, as an adult, whenever any of us gets in trouble, we all just like crowd around, like, ooh, ooh, what's the punishment going to be? That's funny. Um, my brother was 12 years younger than I was, so I didn't, I wasn't in that age range very much for him to cause that much trouble for me but I remember wanting to go out of the house and like go meet with my boyfriend and it wasn't a secret I just wanted to go spend time but take your brother take your brother oh my god everywhere I I went I had to take my brother and there he was and and he was at the time like three or four so (laughs) (laughs) so imagine that and then I remember my boyfriend would come over and my little brother would get jealous and he would sit himself right in between That's so cute. Ah, uh, he wanted your attention. But I loved that once the family found out, everybody wanted to help and to be like, I have some suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, uh, for me, it was really funny when they were like, you're on drugs. Yeah. Oh, my God. And she's like, I'm not on drugs. But you're right. When the little sister, when she's trying to convince her little sister that it is her, she says, uh, she says that's me, but it shows, like, her backside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's not like... No, you have a regular old butt. This is a superhero butt. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? How does she know what a superhero? It was so cute. Those those uh, conversations between her siblings were so funny, and I loved them. The the, the writing, like I said, I can't even uh, continue to just say how amazing it is. And I want to say I can't say enough, but I'm just going to keep saying it over <laughs> and over again. It yeah. was those little things. And her grandmother, um, her abuela coming in, I loved that throughout the whole story, the little snippets of Spanish words were putting. Oh, that's yeah. So, yeah. That's so yeah. how Mexican uh, Mexican Latino families speak. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some things that I read in there that I heard my mom saying to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, it was, like, amazing. I loved it. I loved it. There was a, a part, too, that I liked was then Jasmine, who is a... Uh, a fellow student of the school, high school. Um, she is, of course, a beautiful, skinny uh, girl, popular girl that actually speaks to the Dylans and the Devons yeah. on a on a friendly basis. And she was uh, kind of bad mouthing her, saying, "Oh, you know, she's too fat." Uh-huh. Who, um, she said, "I thought superheroes were supposed to be skinny." 
And then Devin comes to the rescue because, of course, he has a little crush. And he's like, that's a dumb thing to say. What does being skinny have to do with anything? And then he says, like, you're skinny. What have you done that's so cool? Yeah. So I I thought that that was so awesome that they pointed that out. Because, yeah, you know, you see it firsthand when she's, like, in her costume. She's a little chunkier than the rest of the kids. Yeah. And um, I thought they weren't going to bring it up. Which, artistically, I love that they did mm-hmm. yes because it's something that you don't see in comics in a lot of comics uh besides now like face uh yeah from valiant mm-hmm. yeah i don't really know any other like really like fat or heavier yeah. set um uh superheroes maybe big barda mm-hmm. uh, yeah but and i i love big barda i would die for big barda <laughs> um but uh, that's those are the only two that come to mind right now is Big Barda and Faith. Yeah, one is from DC, a lower like maybe like not a lot of people know about uh, Big Barda, unless you're like super into Jack Kirby and like all the other like weird stuff that he did. <laughs> I'm gonna get persecuted. <laughs> um, uh, but. Uh, and Faith is from Valiant, which is an indie um, uh, comic p- publisher. Like, there's not, I no one really comes to mind immediately, like, from no, Marvel. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, in Marvel, I, I'm sure that there is, but I maybe just like an ancillary runaways? character. Runaways? Um, the girl with the T-Rex. Or the, not the T-Rex, the Velociraptor. The, the, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. In my mind, I can't picture which of the... But coming back to this, the fact that that was an artistic uh, choice. choice to begin with, I absolutely loved. Exactly. I mean, honestly, uh, I was a little chubby Latina girl, uh, starting from all the way back to uh, elementary, all the way mm-hmm. through high school. I mean, where do you think I put those beans and tortillas? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. At least that was cutish. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? But I really like that. I like, I also like when, like, during uh, her moments of being, like, all romantic and stuff at the the dance, they played uh, Selena Dreaming of You. Yes. Oh, my God. Dreaming of you tonight. Till tomorrow. (laughs) I'll be holding you tight. (laughs) I was like, when are they going to join in? Because I feel alone. (laughs) But then, guys, we come across this fellow student who is being bullied and being put in his locker. His name is uh, Garrett Glick. And uh, she comes to the rescue. She doesn't have her costume on. So she's like, I'm not going to let this injustice happen. So she goes to his rescue and she's telling them, uh, the bullies, hey, bullying hasn't been around since like 2007 (laughs) or something. Mm -hmm. Like, you should really, like, you know. Because they were teasing him because they said that he looked like a kid from the 80s. Yeah. Like he dressed mm-hmm. like the 80s, which is a, one thing that I got punked on a lot in school. Was really? Like my clothing, because my mom bought my clothes at secondhand stores. So you dressed like the 80s in the 80s? <laughs> no, I w- it was already the 90s, and I was in the uh, 80s. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was like 10 years behind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Goodwill. <laughs> I mean, it went so well, bad. It's all come back around. You're cool again now. I know. I, wait, I'm <laughs> too old now. Yeah, I don't cool even again. care now. <laughs> I got. Funny enough, what I would get punked on is being was being a fake emo, and I was just like, oh, "Bro, there's nothing fake here." I, <laughs> how can you be how a can fake, you fake emo? emo? Yeah, yeah, like it was it was a, it was a thing. Like, 
uh, I just went to a Nirvana Sense concert. The fake never left. <laughs> <laughs> the emo is still here. <laughs> For me, I was wearing this, like, uh, when you guys remember Miller's Outpost? Yes. Those two guys, those two funny yes. guys that would do the commercials, were they were on a, on a sweatshirt that my mom got me. Um, and then it, was, oh it said, my God. Ha- Merry Christmas 1993 or two uh-huh. or something. 1983. Yeah. And I was, I was say, wearing... Miller's Outpost was... In, was didn't even make it through to the 90s. Right. And, so, and I was wearing it in the 90s. Uh-huh. Damn. And, uh, yeah. And then they're like, oh, my God. Are you wearing, like, a Christmas sweater? And it's, like, from the 80s. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't even realize that. I just, it was comfortable. I wore it. Yeah. yeah. And, man, never heard the end of it. Wow. And I'm like, people, how, people are, pay attention to the. Kids are mean. I was going to say, mean. kids are, yeah, pay attention <laughs> to all the. All the all the crazy. I mean, what it was like a Lego d- movie cruel. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Richard, but the kids call me Dick. Kids can be cruel. They <laughs> 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 certainly can. <laughs> so this guy Garrett Glick, he like does not appreciate her help. And she's like, "Leave me alone! I can take care of myself." And she's like, "Okay, whatever." Like I was just trying to help. Um, but it turns out this guy becomes. Cyanide. Cyanide. Which I'm gonna have to admit, sick name. <laughs> sick name. Yeah. Like that. That that was was pretty. It's yeah. Pretty funny. But it's very. Um, it the his um his whole origin story, quote unquote. Um, it's actually pretty sad. It, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say it's pretty sad, and it rings true to a lot of the um, of the stories you hear about campus shooters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that as as much as this storyline and this book is very like cutesy and uh, uplifting. lighthearted oh, and yeah. uplifting, his his origin story is super sad and definitely uh, happens in real life to mm-hmm. um, to kids. Who are the loner or the you know the 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 person who is always getting made fun of or stuffed into lockers or yeah exactly mm-hmm. and and in just kind of a nod to him he didn't even though she said oh you're like a super villain she she said I'm not a villain I'm an antihero yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like the Dark Knight and Deadpool yeah like yeah. even he himself had like a clear definition of what he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like you. Th- what you're saying, you're sounding just like a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the cool thing that one of my favorite things was the dialogue between them. Yeah. It was spectacular. I mean, it went from maybe you need some therapy, maybe yeah. I need some therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it just it was such a great that their uh, anticlimactic climax was yeah. just amazing. <laughs> it was really, and I I honestly really enjoyed it as someone who's been there and kind of done that and stuff like that i very much enjoyed how they resolved everything exactly and i loved that i mean at the end without too many spoilers you know they they find their own resolution of of Mm -hmm. the problem but the fact that even i mean we are we've already said and and it was always um laid out that she only has her power superpowers for a year during her uh, 15th year the fact that at the end they um, they highlight how she continues to be a quote-unquote superhero after she doesn't have her powers mm-hmm. and one of which uh, is 
the way that she continues to be a supportive friend to um, to, to cyanide. Yeah, to cyanide. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. those scenes and those the the fact the her waiting for him and you know being there supporting him and mm-hmm. really like giving him words of encouragement were so touching. It, it was. was. That was one of my favorite parts, mm-hmm. where she describes I spent most of my time just waiting. Waiting for him to have lunch with me, waiting for him to have his therapy session, mm-hmm. waiting for him after school. Like, she was, like, not going to let him go. She wasn't going to half-ass it. I mean, she yeah. went she went full force. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Loved the whole thing. My only, very nice. Um, my only complaint is that, is this it? Yeah. <laughs> I want more. I want more. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I totally want more. Well, they talk in the back about how um, uh, there's some back matter in the trade, and some one of the questions that they address is whether or not there's going to be more quince. And they talk about how kind of it's it's up in the air. They don't know, but the fact that there are other family members, um, who knows. Um, mm-hmm. It could just be within the female part of the family uh, members. Could you know? There's she has two siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she has well, one of them's older. Oh, she has just three, but two younger than her. Was there no. a little boy too, or no? No. no. Okay, there so just, just the little girl. Yeah, just okay. the little girl. Um, so Sophia, right? Yeah, or Sophie, something. Sophie. Like so she could maybe have power so mm-hmm. i know that everyone is working on other projects and uh you know producing a comic book is a lot of work and you know we read it and we're done with it you know within an hour but to put this together takes a lot of time a lot of energy mm-hmm. a lot of creative oomph uh to to do this so um uh, I don't know uh, if there's any talk about them continuing, but I feel like the door is always open. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I would love to read another one. I actually want my nephew to read this, but I would feel really hurt if he didn't read it. Yeah. That's how much I feel about this book. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know he's a male, and he's going to be like, maybe get this for girls, but I really want to push it on him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I really, really, I think there's a nice message in this whole book <clears throat> as how you should treat people and what a superhero um, can be, yeah. e- even if you don't have superpowers. Absolutely. At the end, when she, she has to um, kind of reintegrate herself into community, um, and she says, you know, I, I, it took some time for me to to kind of make that transition, but I miss helping, and so I just I, I continue to help and uh, shows mm. she showed it shows here how she continued to help in her community, just volunteering and doing all, which is stuff we all could be doing. Um, mm-hmm. We all have it within ourselves to be a superhero to somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I found this really cute little part. I don't know if you caught it, but, you know, when she was uh, almost done for, when she was on the verge of death, she said, there's so much I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be an inspirational English teacher or a comic book shop owner. Exactly. (laughs) And the person I thought about was like, Kristen. (laughs) 
thought that was really cute. I did see that, and it did. I felt like it was my own little personal shout-out. Yeah. I know, right? That's what I thought. I was like, did they know? Yeah. And she said, like, I want to I wanna marry Devin or Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, girl, same. <laughs> It was cool. I really enjoyed this. Like I said, I really want my nephew to read it, but I would be really hurt if he didn't want to read it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how to approach this. If anyone can give me uh, an example or a way to introduce this to, a, to an 11-year-old, please let me know. <laughs> well, I think he's the, the perfect age uh, range, and I honestly, we have so many uh, parents come into the shop Looking for comic books for their sons or um, nephews or whatever. And I recommend books that I know are awesome, that the stories are awesome, but they happen to have female protagonists. And when they tell me, um, well, no, this is for a boy, I'm like, okay. That don't mean mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. How For how many years and how many times has no one ever thought twice about handing a girl a, a book a boy, a that where there's a book. boy protagonist in it and not mm-hmm. thinking we're just expected to to accept it um, because they're good stories yeah um, and there should be no reason why um, he I mean I, I totally understand that society puts these parameters um, on gender. And mm-hmm. so I can understand why he wouldn't want to read it, but there should be no reason why he wouldn't enjoy it if he did. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we could read it together. That yeah. That would be so cool. Mm-hmm. Even though he can read on his own. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that um, that this book specifically is centered around such a huge um, social, like, I guess coming of age um, thing in Latino culture um, and in a Latina's uh, life just in and of itself is one of the reasons why when we first heard about this book that we got so excited and also why we wanted to not just read the first issue that we have already reviewed but to read the whole entire trade mm-hmm. and also why we thought it was so important to highlight the book and do a trade uh, release party because this is a big deal. Not just having um, uh, the token Latino character but also authentically including culture that is true to life and um, I think Quinta really uh, is succeeds at doing that and I mm-hmm. I could not recommend this book enough. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree with everything you've said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know at first I'm, I'm not gonna lie when I when I first saw the cover I thought oh how generic uh-huh. You know, just because I'm just like, I'm just salty that way. <laughs> but uh, when I started reading, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then I read it in Spanish on the back. Uh, cause That's I turned right. Around, I read it in Spanish and I'm like, damn, this translation is on point. That's yeah. right. The the and We mentioned this in the review of the first issue, but each issue that was released was released in both English and Spanish. You mm-hmm. could read it um on one, when we got the physical copy of the first issue, when you wrote, read it one way, it was English, and then you turned it around on the other side, and it was Spanish. And yeah. I mm-hmm. thought that was so awesome. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I'm really like I like to point out like mistakes 
like for instance i'll watch a movie in spanish dub and then i'll have the spanish subtitles as well uh-huh. and i'm like that's not what they said <laughs> yeah I, i'll do that that's me um so for me to read it in spanish yeah. and say god this translation is on point yeah. and then after that i was on board and then reading the rest of the story and the banter and the silliness and the quirkiness and the wonderful dialogue between the characters mm-hmm. i love this book love it like i grew in i don't know i wouldn't say grow into it but at first glance i wouldn't have picked this up yeah so mm-hmm. i'm glad you guys picked it up because i love it i love it are we ready to rate it guys? yes yeah definitely so, uh, this is Kristen. I am giving it three conchas, a cup of champurrado, uh, an empanada de calabaza. <laughs> I mean, the whole panaderia. I could, no, I don't even know what's higher uh, that I can say. Um, it, it's just amazing. Um, I would recommend it to everybody, but um, because it's definitely um, uh, the story is accessible to everybody. But if you have um, a Latino or Latina child that you want to show um, a Latino character and a story that is um, positive and fun and awesome, I definitely recommend Quintes. I actually would like to mimic your review. <laughs> I think uh-huh. La Panaderia is right on for me. I love this book. Love it. And I, I can't wait to get it at uh, our event. Yes, I want to have get a every, copy. And have everybody sign it. Yes. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to <laughs> yes. be sick. Yes. And yeah, uh, this is Jen. And I give it, I give it uh, three conchas, La Panaderia, un fucking termo de café de olla. <laughs> Like it, all the things, like it's really, really good. Yes, I it's it is on the scale of one to ten, it is a fifteen. Exactly. <laughs> and I gotta say, Jen, uh, Guadalupe reminds me when I was reading it. I is like I was thinking, this is Jen. Uh-huh, <laughs> this is totally Jen. You. It was it was so. I'm taking that as a compliment. It's so <laughs> spunky and the the uh, the dialogue. I mean, sometimes you'll say some things, and I'm like. Wow, she's so smart. <laughs> and I'm just like this. The reflection of the of the dialogue here was just so on on point. So Aww, yeah, she reminds you. me of you. <laughs> yes, guys. So yeah, that's it. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with guest Javier Hernandez. Javier is a Latino artist, comic book and zine creator, and co-founder of the Latino Comics Expo. Well known for his series El Muerto, the Aztec Zombie, Javier has been creating comics since the early 1990s. Jen, were you even born then? Not, not the early 90s. Not the early 90s. Please watch the success of his series El Muerto lead to an adaptation into a live-action film starring Wilmer Valderrama. In 2011, Javier co-founded the Latino Comics Expo with arts patron Ricardo Padilla. The Latino Comics Expo is the nation's first convention dedicated to highlighting the work of comic book creators, illustrators, and others in the literary and visual arts whose work reflects the influence and celebration of Latinx culture. This year, the Latino Comics Expo will be on November 11th and 12th at the Museum of Latin American Art in Long Beach. 
Javier joins us today to tell us more about the event and about being a Latino comic creator. Welcome to Comadres y Comics, Javier. Wow, thank you for that great introduction. Uh, very excited to be here, and it was surreal hearing, like, uh, you know, you listed all my uh, my past work. So I feel like I'm at my wake, you know, listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're doing the Latino comics in November, Dia de los Muertos and all that. <laughs> yeah, 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 we got that lively dead vibe here. If I do ever have, you know, when I do pass, I'm going to have them hire you to do the wake. Absolutely. I want it cheerful, not all like triste and somber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as as long as I get a byline, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always, always the pro, man. That's awesome. Like so we'd love to give you the opportunity to spread the word about the Latino Comics Expo. But first, let's talk about your own endeavors as a Latino creator. Uh, you've enjoyed partnerships and collaborations with other Latinx comic creators throughout your career. And your characters are also Latino, obviously. Your ethnicity uh, influences your work. Can you talk a bit about how being Latino has directly affected your comic career? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, growing up uh, as a kid, uh, for me, that's 70s, um, 1970s, not 1870s. Um, <laughs> you know, I just grew up watching uh, all kinds of American television. Back then, this would have been the uh, $6 million man, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, reruns of Batman with the late great Adam West. Oh yeah. Um, and at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm also kind of crossing over. I'm watching, uh, you know, with no language difficulty. I'm watching Lucha Libre on channel uh, back then it was channel 34. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the local Mexican. Uh, uh, Univision. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Channel 34 back in the day, they used to show wrestling from the Olympic Auditorium right there in LA. Oh wow. So, oh. And then, of course, you know, my brother's, like, playing The Doors or The Beatles or my sister's playing Earth, Wind, and Fire in one room. And then in another room, my dad might be listening to, like, his mariachi record. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and such. Or we get together as a family and we're watching uh, Chavo del Ocho or Siempre en Domingo. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm playing with my, you know, superhero action figures and reading... Um, all those great classic Marvel DC comics of, of the old days. So, yeah, it was, a def- it was definitely growing up in a bicultural home. Um, uh, you sound like you – sorry, this is Kristen. You sound like you actually grew up in the quintessential Los Angeles household, like yeah. Los Angeles Latino household. You're just saying that. I got flashbacks, man. <laughs> like, I was just, like, remembering watching wrestling with my little brother. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, like, but, uh, um, uh, as I'm watching wrestling, my mom's just like, I want my novela. So, cambia ese canal. Yeah, next you know, the chancla flight. And that yeah. <laughs> Now you know it in a real Mexican household. <laughs> but, you know, like, yeah, you'll have Menudo on Sunday, and then, you know, yeah. Monday, you might uh, we go uptown Whittier there, where we live in Whittier, and go get a big pizza. And, you know, so, yeah, for me, it, was, it wasn't it was like I had to switch back and forth. Like, it was like a button I pushed. It's just like anything. Like, okay, well, we're doing this. I'm listening to this in Spanish. Or this. Like, there wasn't really a difference, actually, for me. Um, and then, of course, at home, you're speaking Spanish with your parents, and when the tias come over, whatever, but you go to school, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. all your other, uh, of course, they're all 
all your, all your friends are little brown boys and girls, and they're also probably having coming from the same uh, type of uh, family background. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're all speaking English and doing all the American stuff, like you know, running around and riding our bikes and you know, buying donuts from the Hell's Bakery guy when he comes to his yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, um, just to, I just want to give the audience just like a a view of how I grew up and I guess how we grew up. Yeah. Um, so when it came to making my yeah, so as I'm reading comics, right? I'm reading my favorite comics, Spider-Man, and you know I loved all the old Daredevil, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, you know, and they're all mm-hmm. white. Yeah, but I, yeah. I didn't grow up reading them like you know I didn't throw the book down like ah they're all white. No, these are great stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were great stories regardless of you know uh, what they were. Just like when I watched Lucha Libre, you know, with all these Mexican wrestlers wrestling, they were just um, they were just wrestlers to me. Except when uh, except when Young Roddy. A young rowdy Roddy Piper showed up in uh, <laughs> the LA circuit, and you know he's playing the uh, you know it was all a great you know uh, entertainment playing the race card just to get more heat from audience. Um, <laughs> that's about the only time people brought up like, oh, you're Mexican, I'm white, we don't get along, we hate each other. Yeah. And, you know, that was just stick, which was great because it was entertainment. But um, as I got older, so once you start getting like in high school and college, and you start learning about art and different art, and you start learning about Art from Mexico, the great muralist and such, and mm-hmm. Frida Kahlo and Diego Jose Rivera, Posada, Diego, yeah, Diego Rivera, the, the ultimate power couple. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you start learning the cultural differences. Not differences, bad. Just like, okay, this is specific to this country, Mexico. This type of art, uh, and then you know, mythology and then whatnot came from this country and, and mm-hmm. such. So, I knew when I started to. I actually want to make my own comedy, and I got started late. I mean, I look at all these young folks now, which is great, like people in their, barely their 20s, whatever, doing web comics and, and comics. I, I didn't actually start publishing till, um it was actually, actually 98 was the first time I published a book, mm-hmm. and by then I was already in, you know, at least 30 or so. So I knew I wanted to, look, if I'm going to go through and make my own comic, which is what I want to do, I want to do it DIY, I want to own it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm obviously going to create a character um, reflecting the Mexican culture that, you know, something that I wanted to choose. Like, I wanted to do something that played with the uh, Day of the Dead folklore as well as uh, something you very rarely saw back in 98, at least in American mainstream, Aztec mythology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. When I first published in 98 and I did a couple of interviews, I used to say, like, well, you know, I grew up watching a bunch of uh, Hercules cartoons or movies, whatever, and, you know, now the time for that is over. It's 1998. If I see one more Hercules movie or something, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> since, since, then, since then, I think we've had, like, two or three Hercules movies and even more cartoons, and it's like, wow, I, I would have killed a lot of people. If I <laughs> they, redid a, they redid Clash of the Titans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're, mm-hmm. Like, they can't, they don't look at, like, there's a whole world in, Mexico, South America, Central America, um, mm-hmm. you know, all these vast cultures, Mayan, Aztec, and, you know, as you move farther down south. Um, Incan. Incan. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. why that's such a thing that, oh, we can't do that. We don't know what it is. So, anyway, let let me do it. Let me do mine. Let me do my Aztec, uh, Aztec influence, David did influence, uh, superhero comic, uh, El Muerto. So that's what I did in 98. I kind of, I call it like I planted my flag. Okay, boom. This is what I'm doing over here. You know, everybody else does their thing. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on this. And that's what I've been doing, just focusing on not just El Muerto, but self-publishing my own line of comics, which you guys uh, alluded to earlier. Um, 
so that's kind of where all that started as far as the you know why the book why the books I do are what they are nice awesome I like that that's really cool um this is Sarah um, and I hello. wanted to ask, uh, hello. <laughs> Latinx comic creators are definitely not in the majority in this industry. Which Latinx creator, creators influenced you? And in addition, who is your all-time favorite, like, comic book writer and artist? Okay, so I'm going to go from when I was a kid. Like, the first thing, you know, you're being exposed to all these comics, and you're starting to recognize things and, and such. But, the, yeah, the one that stood out, for me, as a young Latino kid, a young Mexican-American kid, uh, George Perez. Yes. yes. <laughs> now he's one. Now he's like a classic veterano, like the legendary. I know. Yeah, he was just inducted to the Eisner, um, uh, like um, uh, comic, like their version yeah, of the, the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I remember. I think I was tweeting that night because I was so excited. I think it was also it was George uh, Perez, and I think the Hernandez brothers. Yeah, the Hernandez Fox brothers as well. And I think there was some other Latinos like, Dad, the Latinos are sweeping uh, like, <laughs> the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> but this time, uh, but the comic yeah. book world. Yeah, yeah, fine. But Dad took us, well, how many? Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so George Perez, like, was on my radar. Boom. Oh, check out this guy. I, you know, I don't know anything about him. I just know the name. And it's interesting. He actually co-created, um, I, I guess we have to call it the first Latino character, definitely at Marvel, maybe DC at Marvel, but. Uh, the White Tiger. Oh, okay, oh yeah. yeah, White Tiger. Which, which I think a lot of people now probably uh, think there's a female version, maybe in the cartoons and I think in the new comics. But mm-hmm. yeah, the original guy was uh, Hector Ayala. He was a Puerto Rican guy, and he was a uh, you know it was the 70s, so he was like a kung fu badass. <laughs> <laughs> and he had the cool fro and the cool big thick mustache, and yeah, he was totally down. <laughs> That's and, uh, funny. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like okay, White Tiger, Latino character, but you know. Not every character is handled right, and I don't even mean like culturally uh, mm-hmm. handled right. You know, not every character is going to be the mega star like Spider-Man or yeah, you know, yeah. The, so you know, he would just he would never have his own title. He would just show up here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, for the most part, I just stuck to just reading what was you know Marvel, DC, Spider-Man, X-Men, Daredevil, and then, you know White Tiger was the guy that. Stood. But George Perez was definitely one of the probably the first artist I guess that I really as a kid noticed and then also um over in mad magazine you couldn't help but see his big signature scrawled on the artwork uh yeah 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 (laughs) famous sergio another another Mm -hmm. oh my god another legendary icon um of the field and so he was another guy uh sergio adagonis um through my mad magazine reading you know it wasn't years later years later that i didn't realize another favorite strip of mine was spy versus spy uh, this guy called Projias. I never realized if I looked it up. He's Cuban. Oh, oh wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so Spy vs. Spy is, like, super big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It was one of the big pictures of, um, you know, I was coming from Cuba with, you know, Castro and all that stuff in the 60s. I mean, you know, so it kind of made sense he'd be doing, like, a Cold War, uh, you know, spy. Oh, um, totally. Uh, spy uh, comedy. Spy. You know, spy versus yeah. Spy. So, <laughs> yeah, I would say those are the earliest guys that I was aware of on the radar, like, I was solid Latino. But uh, I think, honestly, even to this day, now we're talking 40 years, uh, my two favorite, absolute favorite icons are uh, Jack Kirby and uh, Steve Ditko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for so many reasons, but not just the stuff they create, which in Kirby's case is, like, 80% of the Marvel Universe. Right. Mm-hmm. And in Ditko, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, you know, both of them work with uh, Stan Lee, the writer. Um 
but just how they conduct themselves, kind of like they work at Marvel, they leave when they, you know, they thought they had to, when things weren't right, mm-hmm. they jump to another company. Um, but, you know, they're always like, uh, they were always like foundations of the companies they worked for, but at the same time, they're like, get up and leave when they thought they had to, when it wasn't, you know, things weren't right. So that type of independence kind of appealed to me, you know, now that I look at it, as far as me going into indie comics as opposed to wanting to be, uh, no offense to anybody, like I didn't want to be the 97th artist on Iron Man. Or <laughs> Again, you know, there's some great artists that still work on the book, but uh, I just didn't want to be in the line like that. So plus, yeah. plus, like we're talking about, how the hell would I get like Latino characters out there if I wasn't doing that you myself? But yeah. they're not owned by a company. Then once I leave, then they go screw it up. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> true. Very true. Oh, I, I can screw it up just as well as you guys can, and I own it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to support uh, you actually naming both Ditko and Kirby as um, your all-time favorites, we actually have a copy of your You Don't Know Ditko right here in our little hot little oh, hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> wow. Wow, that was quick. I just saw the order come. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you also have a, a Kirby uh, zine that uh, professes your love for that amazing uh, guy, too? One that's uh, called... Know, well, well, with Kirby... Because he's so huge, and there's actually this wonderful magazine called uh, the Kirby Collector. Oh, yes, uh, I've heard like, of it. Yeah, like a professional magazine you can get at the comic shop by uh, tomorrow's. So mm-hmm. they've been publishing. I mean, think about this. Uh, Kirby passed away, I think, I hope this is right, in 94, I think. So they started doing this Kirby Collector magazine. So that's what, uh, what are we, 20 years now? I've been doing that 23 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, around there. Uh, so it comes out, you know, I think four times a year or something, and it's all about Kirby. Okay, so they got Kirby covered. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> but so Dicko. you filled the hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dicko isn't quite as covered. Well, yeah, there is a, a, a Dicko zine called Dickomania mm-hmm. that's, I think, been published since the 80s. So that's a true zine. It's like it's a smaller, you know, it's like small black and white, photocopied, and, um, you know, obviously a smaller press run, maybe about 200, which is not too bad. Mm-hmm. And it was put out in the 80s by this one, I think, I don't want to say the name because I might be wrong. And then it was picked up again maybe 10 years ago by this guy, Rob Eines. So I've contributed to Nickelmania. Yeah. But the oh, reason cool. I, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've done, a, I think, a cover or two and some articles, which is great. Um, but the reason I did that little zine you're holding there, um, You Don't Know Dicko, uh, I wanted to do something in color because the other ones are black and white. And I just want to do my own kind of my own spin. I just wanted to make sure people, because I wanted to pack it with info. I just want people to know about this guy who he's been working. He's actually turning ninety in November, and he's oh, still wow. making comics, yeah. yeah, independently. And you know, besides Spider Man and Doctor Strange and the Creeper at DC and the Hawk and Dove, um, mm. he started working in the fifties, and he's had a huge career. So I just wanted to make sure I could cover, you know, in the in whatever twenty pages I have. Just to make sure people pick it up when they read it, maybe they'll know Dicko better because it's called You Don't Know Dicko, but maybe you'll know a little bit more about Dicko when you read, you know, read that scene. So I might do another one. People have been asking me for another one. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when uh, I was reading it, I found out a few things that I didn't know about Dicko, and so it was uh, it was very interesting. Like I didn't know that he was actually the one who drew Squirrel Girl. Like I thought that was like super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love putting that out because I know she's so popular. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to make sure people know that. At least he was the first guy to draw her. Yeah. 
And then I remember, I believe Kristen owns that Marvel uh, superhero. Superheroes, yeah. <laughs> my my husband gave me that uh, issue for I don't know Valentine's Day or something. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the first appearance. Uh huh. The first appearance. Oh, perfect. Where she beats Doctor Doom with the squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's it, it, like it's great. And um, uh, the fact that I really love how you pointed out that he does have like a very specific styles of um uh, of art like i can yeah. like you can tell a kirby piece from a ditko piece and personally i've always been fond of ditko's uh doctor strange artwork yeah. because it was so full of um uh, of those unique character designs of like the kind of like the the abstract and the minimalism in it like exactly it's, it's very yeah, yeah. good very captivating and, you know all that stuff mm-hmm. Man, it, 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 when I die, I go to heaven. It's gotta be this good. We're talking to Latinas about Pixel. Okay. That's funny. That's so cool, though. <laughs> well, that's gonna be our quote somewhere. We're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to clip that audio. That's gonna be our new description now. Heaven is a place where you can talk to comics. <laughs> 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 Latinas about Pixel. Um, This is Kristen again, and um, as you may or may not know, Comadresi Comics was created with the goal of highlighting Latinx creators, characters, and fans in order to promote diversity and representation in comics. So, we're getting around to uh, November where your Latino Comics Expo is going to be, um, November 11th and 12th, uh, and uh, we want you to tell us what drove you to create the Latino Comics Expo. Yes, yes. So it started in, uh, well, 20, yeah, 2011. So now we're, I don't know, was it six years, seven years? Um, okay, basically, I mean, it's two stories. It's like the, gener- the generic story, like, oh, me and my friend thought of this idea. Uh, so anyway, it, the co-founder is Ricardo Padilla. He's a dear friend of mine. I met him years ago. He used to bring his, <laughs> he used to bring his little uh, cute son and daughter to the ape. Up in San Francisco. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh huh. The Alternative Press Expo right. for the audience there, uh, back in the late '90s, and yeah, he'd bring them around because I guess he told he told me that later he was always trying to find Latino characters for the kids to read. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So his little kids were the earliest, you know, the, the, some of the earliest comics they got with mine and as well as a lot of my friends. Um, now they're all growing up. The son's like this lawyer back in New York, and the daughter's about to graduate you know, up here in San Francisco from college. So I feel like an old deal to them. But um, uh, anyway, so I've known Ricardo for, what, that's a good almost 18 years, 20 years, whatever. Um, so back in 2011, we are just talking about various things. Very, there's various subjects we're talking about. Uh, this Mexican museum in San Francisco was supposed to be built, and there was some uh, – I'm not going to get to legal issues here. There was some issue with the uh, – funding for that museum. Mm-hmm. So Ricardo was bummed out, like, man, you know, we can't have a Mexican museum up here in San Francisco. And then, you know, we're, we're actually standing at the street, across the street from where that museum was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of looked at him like, oh, that poor guy, he's all, because he's a huge patron of the arts. And his wife, or they collect art in San Francisco, and they support Latino artists, painters, and sculptors, whatever. And, and Ricardo's a comic fan. And I looked at him all distraught I, to me, and I go, well, you know what? I can't, I can't do anything about a museum, but I don't know, why don't we put together, and I just rolled out the words. I go, why don't we put together a uh, Latino comics expo? And he goes, well, what's that? I go, well, <laughs> and I had to think about it. Well, I guess it'd be a convention 
we, we make a convention just for Latino, well, to highlight Latino creators. And from there, we started talking about it. And because this was up in San, I was up in San Francisco for a convention. And, I, and we both knew about the world-famous uh, Cartoon Park Museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. One of the great institutions on the West Coast for comic books and art and and the actual artwork and the preservation. So I go, well, look, just for the heck of it, let's approach them. I start at the very top on your dream list, like to partner with. I go, we'll probably end up getting a no, a no, a no from them and someone and we'll end up at a nice little American Legion Hall. Or <laughs> you know, nothing wrong with that. Keep it like, like, like a quinceanera or something. <laughs> um, that would actually be interesting. But anyway, um, so he approached them, and guess what? They loved the idea. It's like, wow. That's awesome. So, that is super yeah. cool. Yeah, Cartoon Art Museum, they're dear friends of ours. They, they've moved the location. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, it's, I, think, I think it's in Fisherman's Wharf up there. But, uh, yeah, they're coming back. I think this. I think they got the, they got the new place. I think it's open or it's going to be opening. But um, yeah, we partnered with them in 2011. We had a small show because you know it was a nice museum, but they have like they had about I think three small galleries. So we had about honestly, I think we had 12, 13 artists. Wow, a little show. Mm, yeah, yeah. We had like three tables in each room. So yeah, um, and yeah, it was a two-day show, and um, it did good. You know. <laughs> the public liked it, so right there, okay, we're back. We're coming back next year, and we, you know, we've been doing the show just about every year, and that's how it started. Just a desire to, uh, you know, for me, it's a desire to just showcase for the weekend Latino creators. Latino yeah. creators should definitely do other shows. They should mm-hmm. just wait once a year for our show. Right. Right. The whole point of being an artist, especially independent, entrepreneurial artist like we are got to get out there. Get out there and do every, every show you want. But the purpose of the expo is to to be able to give, like, the public uh, a one-stop shopping experience for the weekend. Like, okay, you come through the doors, you can, like, spend all day looking around. There's all different types of Latino creators. It's not one type of Latino comic. There's, you got Latinas making comics, Latinos, you got uh, new people doing the first book, you got Veterans, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about, legendary veterans. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we got it all. LGBT, um, webcomic people, people doing historical comics, uh, humor comics, autobio, uh, color comics, black and white, superhero, action, adventure, crime. Just like, just like the mainstream comic universe where everything should be available. Mm-hmm. Same with Latino. The only thing here is the, the creators, they all have a Latino background of some type, either they're mm-hmm. born here as, you know, child of immigrants or second, third generation, or they come from another country and they want to just, you know, strike it here in America and make comics and art. So I think I think it's a great, obviously, I think it's a great idea, but it really is a great experience because I'm told that by the fans and, and by the creators. So, so glad to have, um, you know, had opportunity to uh, put it together and I'm so glad we can continue doing that. Well, from a small little conversation on the corner of the street to now <laughs> um, right? several years of having the convention, that's amazing. Has, yeah, yeah. Has there been any struggles at all in developing this event and continuing it year after year? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, everything is a, yeah, everything in life is a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say anything worthwhile, right, is a struggle. Right. Um, so if you quit, then it's too bad because then you're no longer going to 
do what you want to do. But no, no, it's um, you know it's partnering up with the institution. Um, in our case, it's been museums mostly for now. Uh, you know, one university, a library up in San Jose, we did one year. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's like a two-man operation right now. I mean, uh, Ricardo's uh, wife and daughter, they've been tremendous help, and then we're able to get other people to help us, other friends. But basically, it's like a two-headed operation for the most part. Um, and, it's, yeah, it's just putting the work in, contacting the venue and then local uh, other local institutions or we like to usually get a hold of the local um, political um, leadership as our mayor or city council. And like this year, once again, we're having uh, <laughs> the mayor of uh, Long Beach, uh, well, I get the name right, Robert Garcia, is going to proclaim on Saturday, oh, the 11th, cool. uh, Latino Comics Day. Ooh, oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we've done those at other times, too. And then, like, in San Francisco, uh, the, the San Francisco, whatever, Supervisors, whatever the title is, they did it. So it's an honor, you know. We appreciate it greatly. And to us, it's like, to, to us, it's it's not a award for me and Ricardo. It's a recognition of the work, the valid, legitimate work of Latino creators. You know, them busting their butts, making their books, making their art. You know, getting out there and showing it, connecting with, inspiring people. It's so great to see young kids and younger uh, people come in and oh wow, look. You know, especially I'm really excited about every year more and more because we get, we get more at our show and Latinx creators, you know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I think what you said right now is uh, pretty cool that it's not about your success uh, of putting this together, but of just celebrating all the successes of all these Latino creators coming together. I think that's that's really awesome. Um, would you uh, would you Qualify that as your greatest success with the expo? Oh, I think he, he dropped. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I think I got cut off. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Yeah, oh. yeah right when I missed sense, I heard like a click and I looked, oh, the phone is. Uh... <laughs> Technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, that's okay. Yeah, so uh, my question was just, uh, what what do you qualify as being your greatest success with the expo? Well, the greatest success, I'll say our greatest success, me and Ricardo, our greatest success. Um, well, I can't, I can't pick one. Maybe two or three. So it's giving a platform uh, to the artists. Like I said, they could go, right. go to one of the shows. But I know they love coming to the expo because uh, one reason I can tell, I mean, they tell us, but I can tell by the work. It's like they do a special book. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna do, I want my new book to debut at the expo. I know there is a couple of people that have, I've seen them on Facebook and such, working their tail off. And I say, wow, they want to debut it at the expo. And, and somebody might do it. I've seen a couple of people do like, Oh, I'm gonna have a special print at the expo. I'm gonna have this comic only at the expo. Otherwise, you got to get it, on, you know, on the web comic. So I, I could tell it's an important venue for the artists. And another important highlight uh, to answer your question is the audience. When the audience comes in, they come to the doors and they're looking around and they're talking to the artists. And like I was mentioning, the parents taking the kids to go meet um, artists, and especially like parents taking young girls, young daughters to go see Latina creators. That's so great. Like, oh man, I'm so glad that that audience who didn't know, they tell me they didn't know there was so many 
Latinos or at all Latinos doing comics. So they're glad to um, be able to see that. Um, one of the nicest, very emotional thing was years ago at up in Cartoon Art Museum, maybe our third or second show, there was an older gentleman there, Brian uh, Alvarito, right, with his granddaughter. He brought her in. He came in on Saturday, I think, then he brought her back Sunday. He brought her back specifically. But he was talking to me at Ricardo, right? And he was, I don't know anything about baseball, but he was saying that in the old days, it was like this Mexican baseball player that came to America, you know, probably before Fernando Valenzuela. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe the 40s or 50s. And, yeah, this guy came, he was good, but he didn't really, you know, get the big breaks, and he kind of disappeared. And his eyes were getting kind of watered. He's like, man, I'm so glad you're doing this for these comics. I don't know anything about comics, but... I'm so glad, you know. Don't let these don't let these artists disappear like that one poor baseball player did. And then I just I think I hugged him and shook his head. I go, no, sir. That's the whole reason we made this. And so artists do have a venue if they want to just, you know, really max out at the expo and, you know, debut the work and meet the fans and make new fans. Um, I so love anyway, that I, story. I, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's very touching. I'm actually yeah, yeah, getting yeah. a little misty eyed here. <laughs> Well, you guys all know, right? He's like this cool, like, you know, older Mexicano. Yeah, know. yeah. He Did he have an impressive he mustache? <laughs> <laughs> but he was getting emotional about that baseball player. He wanted us to make sure we could like, prevent that happening to the artist. So I was like, wow, that's a, that, that, that's a nice thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, those have been the highlights. Just, you know, keeping attention for the artist and then seeing the fans' reactions. Well, I have to tell you, just hearing you talk about uh, the expo, I'm getting more and more excited. I mean, I was already excited, but just hearing you talk about uh, the fans and the artists and just the experiences that you've had over the years, um, I, I just, uh, I, I want to see it for myself. But it just, it uh, honestly makes me so proud to be Latino. Yeah. Yeah. No. Thank you. I'm glad you guys are going to be here. Uh, I'm looking at the map here. You guys got a corner table. Uh, yeah, you're going to be there. Um, you know, just as yeah, Latinas are going to be proud and as a fan. But let me on a practical, just on a practical basis, you guys are going to get a lot of material for your shows. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and we were at East LA Comic Con, which was was its first year doing it and we got so much material from people that we didn't even know were creating comics mm-hmm. and we hope to see that again at the Latin Comics Expo. You know what? I think that's where I found out about you guys because, yeah, uh, by the way, Peter, uh, who, who runs the um, East LA Comic Con and Nostalgic Books and Comics, uh, yeah, he's a good mm-hmm. friend. Uh, he actually is going to be tabling with us again at the Expo. Um, so, yeah, I wish them all further success. They they put on a hell of a show, and the community supported them like crazy. Yeah. 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 I, that yeah. was the thing to me that I was just so astounded by and so mm-hmm. amazed that those those Latinos, they were hungry for comics. And yep. we Absolutely. spoke to so many people that came through by our table that day who'd never picked up a comic book in their life, but you right. you're damn well mm-hmm. sure that they left with comics that day, and that was that was awesome. That was amazing. oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, so I think that's where I found out about you guys. Cause I was looking at all the, you know, Peter and his team are posting all these videos, and and I saw a video. You're, I saw one of you was doing a video from there. I was like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> Comics? I cannot believe that name. That's the best name. <laughs> for Comics. Um, so, yeah, that's why I found out about you. And I think I asked you, hey, I got to get a hold of these people because I would love to uh, have them at our show and talk to them. So, anyway, um, 
Yeah, it's great. You know, besides East LA Comic Con, which is interesting because it's a whole other topic, but I, I talked to Peter about it. I go, so you're not a Latino comics thing, right? Well, no, no, we're in East LA. So obviously we're in East LA, so mm-hmm. a huge amount of the audience and the artists are going to be Latino. But it, like, it's not a, it's not meant to be specifically Latino, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, but with the name East LA, that's a great name. I think that I think that was part of the gold he struck with. Yes. That beautiful name, East yeah, LA. Comic definitely, Con. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's just so much already hi- history tied to when you say East LA. You think Boyle Heights, you think like, uh, right. You think like the Chavez Ravine and everything and all that stuff. You you think of Cheech and uh, Cheech uh, Marine, uh, born, <laughs> born in East LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Born in, yeah, that's right. That's right. I think of Chico and the Man. You want to go wait oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that. But I mean, there's so much uh, Latino art in East LA with the murals mm-hmm. and all the stuff. I mean, the yeah. art just within the community is just amazing. And to to I, I think that uh, it's something that uh, growing up in that community they're so used to seeing. And so I think that their appreciation for comic books really um, kind of comes from that a little bit too. You know, that's very nicely put. That's true because I live in Whittier and I work in LA, so sometimes I think the freeway. But sometimes I like going down Olympic mm-hmm. or, yeah. or or Beverly and First. And you know what? Yeah, you're right. There's murals at you know outside the, the stores, outside the taquerias. There's murals in like the uh, I don't know if it's still called the projects, like the apartment buildings yeah. on Olympic. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Murals everywhere. Um, and art and, and the, the mariachis. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It really is rich in art, so mm-hmm. tapping into the comic part of it was definitely a no-brainer. But I think I, I think I brought it up because so there's uh, there's been other conventions that have popped up now. There's one in um, Texas called the uh, oh I've Texas, heard of that one. Yeah, mm. Latino Comic Con, something like that. Mm-hmm. And our friend of ours, Hector Rodriguez, he does a comic called El Pencil Hero. He teamed up with some other people and put that on. And there's one back east happening. I think a week before or after ours, it's called Nerdino. It's happening, uh, I believe. <laughs> Nerdino. <laughs> I like that. You got a little laugh there. It's cute. <laughs> yeah, Nerdino kind of puts a smile on your face when you say it. Um, so, yeah, and then also, th- there's probably about that I know of, like four or five black comic uh, conventions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just saw one about indigenous uh Yes, people's comics uh, oh. convention. Yeah, that that's like cool. one this this year. I think it already happened. Yeah, in New mm-hmm. Mexico. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I know there was. Uh, I, th- I think the Cartoon Art Museum even hosted like a queer comic con uh, uh, a year or two ago. And I know there was there was other like there was one called Prism. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think these are really good. Again, because the reason I keep saying this because I've had people. Uh, why do they have to have their own convention? Look, <laughs> you'll see a lot of us at Comic Con and Wizard World and all these other cons, but like I said, it's nice for a weekend to put every, you know, put them all together, like whether they're black creators or, you know, uh, Latino creators, indigenous creators, whatever, you, whatever, you know, or even a female, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. a female con. It's okay to do it. Yeah. You yeah. have a, a, one show for a weekend. Yeah. You know? It's just um, one weekend, especially when in a lot of people's minds, comic cons, comics and everything, to them the default is white. And they don't think Latino. They don't mm-hmm. think indigenous. They don't think queer or any of the or any right. of that. To them, the right. default is white. And so, like, what's wrong with us having a weekend? Well, right. And that's and that's not our fault, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not only and that, I've, representations, yeah. I, I've come across, this is Sarah, I've come across uh, some um, African-American podcasters as well, and they're like, you know, they don't even have like an actual term. They said, oh, he's a little weird for an African-American. He likes comics. So, like, they don't, you know, like, they always have to have that little, you know, kind of a description added to, you know, when when they're talking about them. Because, you know, I guess what they mean to say is that African Americans don't like comic books in general. Yeah. (laughs) I know. know, That's just good. Superman is, uh, Superman and Batman are an icon in in rap in a lot of Mm -hmm. black culture. But it's just, but, like, the actual, like, comics and the reading of going the... The being a geek, yeah, yes. is usually right. seen as a white thing. Yeah, yes, when exactly. it's oh, yeah, 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 a well, white friend, male my, thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My my friend Bernice Talley, uh, I actually work for her. Uh, yes, place. shout out to her and her uh, her <laughs> kale uh, expo kale coming out. Yeah. yeah, she's awesome. Well, uh, you know, when I, I when I met her years ago, you know, as friends, like, oh, she's a, she's awesome. She's awesome. She's a, she's this black lady girl. She loves Doctor Who. She loves mm-hmm. Star Trek. She loves. She watched X Men on the '90s cartoon, like everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she she went to all black college and had like a you know like her parents wanted her to have like a good black education with history and such. But yeah, like you say, she breaks the mold. Like oh, supposedly breaks the mold. Wow. Like Who, and you know. she's the mm-hmm. awesome artist for Monty Gomez as a luchador. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, one of my love that stuff. One of my faves. We love, and, and we found out about um, that book at the East LA Comic Con, and we reviewed it on our on our podcast. And we can't wait. She, they are one of the, as you were talking about, um, they're one of the artists who are going to be premiering their um, their second uh, issue there at your expo. Oh yeah! There we, wow! Look at, look at this investigative report. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know we're really big fans of Luchador. I mean that that comic do DIY justice. Justice love it. is yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I want a shirt like that. Uh-huh. Yes, I want the button. Yeah, I can't wait. It's pretty brilliant. Uh, so as long as you're talking about issue two of that uh, Luchador. I have a pinup in there, so that's a. Oh, I don't oh, know, wow. I don't have an extra reason to buy it, but buy it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of my pinup. We definitely are. Uh, we can't wait. There's there's a lot of uh, of creators who we've heard are going to be at your uh, expo that we came that we learned about at the East LA Comic Con, and it's just it, it it's part of how just our community, um, not just the the Latino community, but the the comic geek community um, is just so um, so like supportive of one another and uh, reaching out and we've made such actually good connections and friends um, through our podcast and through highlighting Latino creators and we just we're so excited to keep doing more of that no no good I, I think I think you guys are such an important thing that's out there I mean Comadres y Comics like a Latina run podcast on comics and pop culture like what yeah <laughs> <laughs> so necessary so you know so needed um uh, you kind of touched on some of the artists that are so If I could have taken a second to, I should plug. Absolutely. Yeah. Plugs here. So, of course, we're going to have um, all three uh, Hernandez brothers. What? <laughs> You've heard all it here first, guys. <laughs> all three. Jaime, Neto, and, of course, the guy who got him started, Mario. From oh, Mario. Yeah. wow. 
Mario has actually been with us, I think, every, yeah, every convention, because uh, we start up in San Francisco. He lives up there. So he, we kind of adopted him. He's our patron saint. <laughs> San Mario. <laughs> uh, we met Jaime at the East LA Comic Con, and we nerded out so oh, hard yeah. over him. He actually, um, uh, Maggie the Mechanic is the very first book we reviewed on Comadre C Comics. Yeah. And he just, you know what? He was, he just showed up to yeah. check out the show. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I know. Mm-hmm. He's still into comics, you know. Um, so the Hernandez brothers, we also have the writer, uh, Kathy Camper. She's the writer of Lowriders and Outer Space. Ooh. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a children's book series. The White. That? Oh, <laughs> my God. I, I have to look this up. I need I I need this oh, book Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just two books. Man, I got to start saving my money. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I'm like, I better start saving money. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a budget breaker. But, yeah, we, last year we had Raul III, the artist, out. Uh, this year, Kathy's going to join us, and um, she's, so she's awesome. Um, so yeah, start adding up the money. <laughs> 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 the budget. Uh, Lalo Alcaraz is going to. Yeah, oh, Lalo. Yeah, Lalo. he was uh, East LA too. I can't wait yeah, to yeah. see Coco. Oh my gosh. Yes, well, what I understand, and maybe it's a little scoop for you, uh, ladies. He, he's going to bring us. Uh, he's telling me he's going to be securing some items. From Coco to bring. Ooh. Ooh. Those will, we'll, we'll, we'll put those on the Facebook once we verify and everything. So um, we also have, uh, this is a neat artist I met just last year at the Expo, Vico Alvarez. She's from uh, Chicago. So she does this, you guys are going to scream right now. She does a comic called Scholar. But if you spell the word Scholar, you're going to see there's a chola in there. <gasps> yes. ah! No way. Scholar, so chola. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I already love this. Oh, my God. You just blew Jen's mind. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it's this comic series about this young girl. She's, she's got a cute little, like, uh, uh, you know, a cap, and it says scholar on it. And, she's, you know, she's just making her way through life, through the city, and, you know, uh, making her way through all the damn injustices in the world. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going to fall in love with Vic Alvarez in a scholar comic. Um you know, we got Swami Guerra. You guys might know her through L.A. She's a tremendous zinester. She's always at the zine shows doing her uh, her suicidal goldfish zine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, she loves going to all the local rock shows. She's a huge, uh, you know, DIY rock supporter. Nice. And um, we got we got Haiti Yanez. She's an artist I just found out about on here through the Internet. She's coming up from San Diego. She does, like, these cool retro Designs with her characters called uh, Mex I- Icon designs. Oh, um, very no, cool. I, yeah, I'm familiar with her. Like, oh, uh, cool. Uh, Fanbase Press is going to be here. They're like a oh. publisher and a podcaster. They're going to be debuting a new book that their one of their teams has created called Kingsit. Uh yes, yeah. actually, yeah. Kingsit. That you're part of our, you're our interview part of our episode, but we're actually reviewing the uh, the trade paperback of Kingsit uh, as part of this same episode so okay, um we're we know all about kinsa uh we love do. it <laughs> it was amazing and we're actually um Kristen is hosting at Heidi Ho Comics an event promoting Kinse. Yeah, we're going to do their trade paperback release party. It's going to be a Kinse-themed party. Um, come in your, your best Kinse fashion. We're going to have a <laughs> DJ. We're going to have uh, tamales and a uh, wow. candy table and a photo booth. It's going to be uh, awesome on November 4th from uh, 5 to 8 at Heidi Ho Comics. 
So come yeah, on down. Vignetta and a Comic Con in one, one Ab- shot. Yep, that's yep, exactly pretty much it. <laughs> Damn, you girls are really raising the bar here, man. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Crystal Gonzalez, she's an old friend of ours from the early days. I she's been at the every show from San Francisco. Uh, her work, if you like, kind of like bizarro cartoons from the 1930s that you like demons and devils Ooh, and hell. And, I do. And, yeah, crazy characters. <laughs> I she's do. Really out very much stuff do. And I, we absolutely love her work. And um, there's so many. I don't want to, like, you know, if I don't list everybody, then they would just get mad, but I can't list everybody. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and and well, I'm really glad is coming out as usual um, is Professor Frederick Aldama. He's probably the lead. He, he's the leading scholar of uh, Latino comics. I mean, he's a professor from Ohio State. Oh. And he's been writing about Latino comics in about, I don't know, three or four, maybe five or six books now. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, I think I've seen uh, some of his books uh, yes. that I I was actually saying, oh, we should pick some of these up and uh, talk about uh, some of the stuff on the podcast. But, yeah, I thought, that, that's awesome that he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, this will be a great place for you guys to get some uh, business cards and you'll have plenty of material for down the line because uh, he, he's a great guy. I mean, fantastic uh uh, scholar and such, and yeah, yeah, he's written a lot of books. Um, you know, I've been interviewed in a couple of them, and it's kind of funny. I wrote the, I wrote the afterword for his latest book on mainstream Latino characters, and I wrote the forward for another book, and I also did the cover. So I think all I got to do now is just actually write. <laughs> <laughs> I've done the front and the back and the cover. I may as well do the interior then call it a day. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. You're going to be coming out yeah. with a literary work soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be quicker than having to draw all these damn pictures. <laughs> oh, we also got these really cool. I'm um, look, looking forward to meeting these two ladies from uh, Texas, South Texas. So hmm. it's Isabel and uh, Natasha. And they do a zine called Sansusia. Ooh. It's, like a, it's like a feminist uh, power zine. And because they did it, they said, this is what they said on the website. They didn't want to, like, bother La Virgen with all their problems. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That was the greatest line. We don't want to bother. <laughs> we made up our own Sansusia. Sansusia. Uh, you know what's amazing? We've talked for the last 10 minutes about one after another, these Latina-created comics and zines. I mean, it's about damn time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And there's more out there. You know, this is only here in L.A. West Coast. I mean, I know there's a whole East Coast. There's a whole uh, uh, Texas, you know. Uh, Latinos are everywhere. Stuff and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're taking uh, over. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Taking it back, right, lad? Yeah. Quest back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something all political and everything. <laughs> well, we're going to get uh, back to uh, some questions. So, sure, sure. Uh, Jen, this yeah. is something I was actually really interested in about. So, this is Jen speaking. And your collaboration with the Museum of Latin American Art in Long Beach is really awesome. How did that partnership develop? Like, how did it come about? Yeah, that, that's a good one because uh, the first three expos were up in San Francisco. Right, yeah. Um, which is where Ricardo lives. And, you know, I love traveling up there. But I told him, well, you know what, we should really start. And then the other thing was because of the size of the museum, at, at least at, at that time, 
we were having to turn away artists because like there wasn't any more room to accommodate them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a very, uh, it was sad to leave, but it was a purely on good terms. I mean, you know, we still do stuff with them, and, but and we're you know we're going to look at their new location. Maybe we could do more projects with them. Um, but I go, well, look, let's focus down in LA because we think of Latino uh, culture outside of Mexico or anywhere. If you're looking at LA, I mean, so. No shortage of yeah. Latinos here. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. So, Three places, L.A., New York, and Miami. <laughs> yep, triangulated there. And um, so, you know, I go, well, let me try this place in Long Beach. It's the uh, Latin American Museum of Art. And um, I think people laugh, like, hey, were people, they hesitant? No, no, the pe- you know, when we had the meeting with the initial people there, they they love they love the idea. And it's, you know, they, I guess it's all it's always about bringing it to the board. Like yes. Contact you. Yeah. But then the board was on board, and um, <laughs> you know, yeah, the board. <laughs> um, well, you know what it is because if you're a museum, you have a certain uh, patron patronage right. clientele. Yes. Like, oh, comics. Okay, that's yeah, that skews younger, uh, hip, mm. if you want to call it. Uh, very, uh, you know, very today, very in the news. You know, Comic Con, all the movies. So it's. It's actually sometimes it can be quite attractive to, uh, you know, to people who are, you know, at least they're brought in, trying to broaden their horizons. So, yeah, it was great. It's been a great relationship. Uh, in fact, I'm talking to the MOLA uh, digital media director, and, yeah, we're going to be working on some things coming up to really pump it up and promote and, and you know, get the word out there with some of our artists. Um, so, yeah, it's been great, and it's a beautiful venue. It's a big museum, great museum. And they got a great big ballroom, which we use for our uh, exhibit hall. So, yeah, and the staff is always, you know, gung-ho behind it. And the audiences, you know, they, they get their audience show up. Like you're mm-hmm. talking about, a lot of people probably get the first comic that weekend. Mm-hmm, and, of yeah. course, the comic fans from all over L.A., they'll go down there and, um, you know, check, check out what we're doing, too. So Represent. <laughs> MOLA always throughout the year has such great... Um, activities and uh they have like really cool installations i've been there a couple of times it's really awesome um and i really love hearing that they accepted comics as a legitimate art medium because um i don't know how many times even within uh, a comic book shop i hear parents or just people who've never uh, read a comic book, come in and scoff at the fact that comic books are legitimate literature. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, 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 I want to say I, I think we won that battle. I mean, every, you know, I think when the mouse won the uh, Pulitzer Prize and oh right, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, like I said, the acceptance mm-hmm. of libraries. You know, yeah. what, I mean, and Monstrous just won a Hugo Award. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. So they're, they're they're winning awards in categories that comics have ever won. I think Gilbert Hernandez won. I, I don't want to get it wrong. It might be called the Penn Scholarship, but it's always been given to, you know, uh, uh, book authors. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, damn. So it's really, it's it's just kicking down the, so many walls, the, you know, the great books and the great uh, graphic novels and such. So, and then, and then in, in our case, museums as well. They're always open, or they've been open to uh, having comics. In fact, on our second MOLA show, they actually uh, went ahead and um, had an art exhibit. Oh, uh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of inspired by the fact that they had the expo there the previous year. And, um, yeah, it was a great show. I mean, they put that on themselves, but it was 
they got art from all over the world, artists from South America and such. And it was so I'm really good, like you know, even when we're not there, like they still continue. Like okay, comics is legit, and we can see the value in it. So let's let's continue with doing comic stuff. Yeah, and especially since like comic books themselves, it's it's an American pop culture thing, and it's something that is I think is well that is uniquely American. And also, but now as Latinos, it's also part of our culture as well of growing up. Our parents may not have like grown up with comic books; they grew up with like Chavo del Ocho and stuff. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, we we um uh, we grew up with comics, but it's not very prevalent. And I'm glad like they are going they're they're dedicating their time to um uh, really focusing on the comic book part of uh, being Latino. Yeah, right, right, mm-hmm. definitely. You know, you know, a friend of ours from the Expo, in fact, he'll be at the Mola once again, Keith Rainville. He's an interesting guy. He, uh, in the, I think the late, early 90s, mid 90s, he was doing a zine. He's, a, he's this white guy from Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. I hope I, I hope I got that right, Detroit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure in Michigan. Um, he did a zine back then on Lucha Libre. Oh, huh. Yeah, so when me and my friends found out about it here, like, wait a minute, this guy knows more about Lucha Libre than he <laughs> doesn't really speak Spanish, I don't think, and doesn't write it, but he just had so much knowledge about, not just Lucha Libre from the 60s and even, you know, beyond. Um, also, Mexican, I learned that he, he knows a lot about Mexican B-movies from the 40s and 50s oh, cool. and 60s, and he actually knows quite a bit about Mexican comics that, you know, go back to the 40s and 50s and 60s. Um, so he, he, he's, a, he's not a professor, but he's a scholar on that stuff. And um, mm-hmm. So he'll be at the Expo, too. He's Ooh. definitely something you should go check out his, uh, yeah, for yeah, sure. his table and his work. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like you said, there's a long line of art in East L.A., but also there's, you know, that long line of art in Mexico dating back to those earliest mm-hmm. comics, the codices mm-hmm. that the uh, Mayan and Aztecs used to uh, tell their stories in their you know, their religious stories. In. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Well, speaking of uh, comic books and Lucha Libre and uh, um, the history, like, of comic books and art, um, we, as comic book fans, have noticed that on the Latino Comics Expo poster of 2017, we recognized the artwork immediately. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> we were it's very a, excited. It was a Jamie Hernandez piece. Um Jaime, sorry. Yo no sé por qué. Siempre, siempre me pasa. Which is funny because that's actually me. But we here at Comadres de Comics are really excited to see women characters in the poster. Um, how did this collaboration come to be, and uh, what was the thought process behind women characters in the poster? Yeah, so one thing we're very proud of, you asked earlier, what are you most proud of? Well, a lot of things. And me and Ricardo, every year we like to get our poster back from the printer. It's like, man, we need some damn great posters. <laughs> uh, and it's always, you know, we get one of our artists, we ask them to art and our, and our designer Jose Cabrera puts it together with the logo and such but um so we had met Jaime and Gilbert a couple of years ago at our expo and they love you know they, they I mean they, they they really enjoy it they, they love coming back so um me and Ricardo go well you know what let's do let's go on the limb now let's ask Jaime if he can do it and Ricardo asked him and he said yeah and all I suggested was because 
Jaime had also done a poster, I think, just recently for uh, Heroes World back east. Um, and he had Maggie and Hopi on it, which mm-hmm. is great. Those mm-hmm. are classic characters. Yeah, yeah. So all I saw, and I don't, you know, I love those characters. All I thought was, well, let me see. So he doesn't do those characters again because he just did them for a poster. Let me see if he'll do his, uh, the T-Girls. Those are his superhero girls. Uh, those superhero girls. Uh-huh. So I go, just see, you know, just ask if, he, if maybe he'd be interested in doing them on the poster. So next thing I know, I get the rough draft of the art. Like, oh, my gosh, look at those beautiful, <laughs> le, you know, masked cape Latina there's characters. So there's characters, and I just, you know, we were just hoping that he'd put them on, the, and he did. You know what's so awesome is when, I got the poster open here. I was at a event in Pomona a few weeks ago, and uh, uh, Abuelita came by. Some little Abuelita came by. was checking out my comics and the expo. She got a postcard, and she looked at the poster like, oh, there's a little viejita there like me. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you know what? There's not enough viejitas and viejitos on the posters of comics or yeah, yeah. Repre- represented. So I thought that was so awesome. That is awesome. The mm-hmm. art is amazing. The poster, um, I just, when I saw it, I gasped out loud. I was mm-hmm. just... So, and the the luchadora um, storylines in Maggie the Mechanic were some of our favorite favorites. So oh, yeah. to, to see those pictures uh, just on on the poster and on the postcard and just on all the marketing that is going out for the the Latino Comics Expo is just it's amazing. It's awesome. Uh, and thank you for going out on that limb. No, no, that, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm looking at that poster right now. It's like, man, I, I, as a, just as a fan, it's like, wow, what a blessing that now forevermore. Absolutely. We have that poster done by yeah. uh, Mr. Mr. Jaime Hernandez, no relation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, Mark, you're telling me you're not the fourth mysterious Hernandez brother? <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I've got that for years. They go, oh, I, you know, you want to got some love and rockets? I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this 19 years, and I, you know, I think I've had success, different things, a movie and you know, just a long longevity and everything. But I'm going to feel really I made it when someone goes up to Mario or Jaime at a show and they go, oh, are you the guys who do El Muerto? <laughs> <laughs> True success there. <laughs> so then it's like, okay, now we're, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's that's amazing. Uh, we might have to uh, d- to make that happen for you there, Javier. <laughs> oh, there you go. We, we got to create... Yeah. <laughs> we got to create a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> uh, so this is Kristen again, and uh, it is a tradition here at the Comadresi Comics Podcast to share a chisme de la semana. Um, so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, I never got that on the white guy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So um, we'd like to know what industry news that uh, you, in fact, you've shared some cheese my already. Yeah, uh, you gave us quite a bit of dirt. Yeah, <laughs> so that, thank you for that, but. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what, you know what my, my mom tells me, so, ah, los viejos son más chismosas. Uh, I believe it. <laughs> uh, so, is there any industry news that has you excited or maybe upset or something that you just found out about that you can't wait to tell everybody? Oh, man. You know, uh, I'm going to be self-indulgent, and I'm going to share with you guys a teasing about my uh, publishing plan. Ooh. Ooh. So, th- this week, uh, I'm going to finally put up 
on my site, Hamzilla.com, my web shop that I have connected there, um, pre-orders for my uh, brand new, long time in the making graphic novel, Javier Hernandez's El Muerto, Days of the Dead. So I've been posting pics of it forever, I think, on Facebook and such. But, yeah, I'm going to have the pre-order up. Awesome. Um, so people can pre-order a copy of this book that's taken me forever to do, but it's a 126-page, uh, complete full, uh, kind of like a retelling of the original Markle story, but all new artwork and um, what I consider all new art, all better writing, new writing, you know, compared to what I did 20 years ago, whatever. So that'll be up. On the website, and uh, once this gets, yeah, once your fans hear it, they'll be able to just go over to the website. Ooh. Pre-order it. The plan is I'm working, like, furiously to get this done in time for the Latino Comics Expo. That would so, be yeah. great. Awesome. Well, we'll have yeah. to definitely pick up a copy and review it. Yeah, oh, wow. Thank you. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Are you kidding? That's Awesome. So that's my that's good cheese man. Well, then to continue, uh, we another tradition that we have is that we share something that is on our radar, which is um, uh, we share something that uh, we've recently watched or read or um, uh, listened to that we'd be excited to tell others to like really like recommend and kind of highlight other works that we think uh, should be highlighted. So okay, what is on your radar? Yes, definitely. Well, this is great because I literally picked up these two comics on Saturday at the uh, at the City of Commerce on um, their third annual Comic Book Invasion show. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw something about that. Yeah, yeah. Man, every other city has a, has a little comic show. Now. That's, that's crazy. It's great. I, I didn't even know that. That's cool. So I picked up these two comics. They're both from friends of mine. They're both going to be at the Expo. But, uh, uh, and, and you're going to love this. Uh, Graciela Rodriguez. So I picked up issue two of a comic she does called Spadra, and Spadra I only learned on the first issue is like a small little a real it's like a real town I guess you can call it a ghost town out there in Pomona. Oh wow! Locas, yeah. So Graciela loves to study. Like uh, I know she loves world history. She is, she loves to travel, but she also likes to focus on her own you know back her own backyard basically. So yeah, this is a isn't that crazy? This is a comic book about. A Pomona ghost, call, uh, ghost town called Spadra. So, That's awesome. That is so cool, especially so on the, at the expo. And I love the comic. It was, you know, I love her art and writing style. It's, it's kind of odd and quirky, and very informative. And another book I got. This was a complete comedy, a screwball comedy, totally bizarro. It's uh, my friend Michael Ostrinker, who I've known this man for as long as I've been doing comics, last nineteen twenty years. He's a great cartoonist. And this is called The War on Dental. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, know, I know. Thank you. It's so bizarre. Basically, you guys remember in the news a year ago or whatever, there was this idiot, Dennis, who went, I think, to Africa, and then he killed this, like, beautiful, rare animal. Yes. Tiger. Oh, yes. Oh, I do right. remember that. Yeah. So Michael got inspired to do something uh, on that. So he's got this, uh, this uh, asshat Dennis. Uh, from Pacific Palisades, California, he goes and kills like a great, wonderful, mystical dragon. <gasps> and he pisses off the rest of the dragons, so they come and, you know. Oh my god. Dragon yeah. retribution. Yes, I'm down for this. <laughs> Jen <laughs> loves anything dragon related. Yeah. Oh, that she'll love. Yeah, make sure you go to Michael's table at the Latino Comic there. So, I uh, will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to write now, that down. Quick, 
there must be someone in the audience go, wait, Le- Michael Lashinger doesn't sound Latino. Well, he's a good Jewish kid from Canarsie, New York, but years ago, before I even started doing my comics, he did a comic called El Gato Crime Mangler. <laughs> <laughs> he loves those uh, <laughs> those fancy titles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to get the people right at the beginning with the funny bones. But I basically, he discovered when he was in college, like these weird movies called Santo, right? Or Santo <laughs> Wrestling movies. <laughs> right. so he, did a, he did his own comic based on this. He does like three or four posts of this. Uh, and it's a comedy, but he draws like this really weird style, almost like a Rocky and Bullwinkle on, on, on acid. And Elgato's this really tough, super macho guy, and you know, he, he still lives with his mother, his crabby <laughs> old lady, so always pulling his knees and banging on the head. And um, so Michael's stuck in screwball comedy, you know? So, and he's got a ton of other books, but because he's the legendary creator of like one of the first uh, that I knew of, like uh, mashups of Lucha Libre comics. Yeah, he's always at the expo. So anyway, those are two comics I've read. The War on Dental by Michael Oshinker and Spadra Issue 2 by Graciela Rodriguez. Oh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to pick both of those up at the expo. They both sound awesome. They do. Yeah, you're going to miss your car payment. In the- I know. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to pay rent? <laughs> I gotta go recycle my cans and bottles now. Yeah, <laughs> I have two bags in the back, and I was like, "What am I gonna use this money for?" Now I know. <laughs> oh, now you give a damn about the environment. <laughs> what are you talking about? Latinos have always cared about the environment. <laughs> We're the ones recycling. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we have an. This is Sarah, and we have another segment we call Juntos y Fuertes. Juntos y fuertes. Okay, it didn't sound too pocha there. Pocha number three. It's a segment uh, of Comadres y Comics where we show our love and support for members of marginalized groups within the comic book community. On the segment, we discuss uh, topics like the Asian American Comic Convention, the Puerto Rican comic creator Eduardo Miranda Rodriguez, raising money for the disaster relief in Puerto Rico. Um, so uh, we are asking you to tell us maybe a, a topic of interest uh, where it shows uh, nuestra fuerza y, nos, y que estamos juntos, so juntos y fuertes. Okay, so people who deserve a spotlight who probably haven't, uh, don't usually get it or something like that. It's a quite, you know, um, it's been on my mind a lot lately. I don't know if it's exactly the lines of the, of the previous stuff you've covered but um i I really appreciate i'm going to give a shout out and encourage to support like nonprofits, community Mm -hmm. nonprofits, Mm -hmm. yeah uh community community arts nonprofits, and librarians oh absolutely definitely because librarians i know i know we don't underappreciate them we 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 recognize their great work but uh you know, I go to I do a lot of live done a lot of library gigs lately and I've been teaching at libraries for years, but you know, the hardworking people, you know, all they believe in is like uh connecting people to knowledge. You know, hey, here are the books. You need mm-hmm. help getting a book, you need help finding a topic. I mean what I mean there's so many important things in the world of course, but that's so important is uh connecting people to information, you know, and giving them access to that and you know they're, they're they're tireless workers. You know they all they all work there 
they make a living there, but it's probably not the highest paying job, but I know they love it. Um, and also nonprofits. Um, give another shout out to my friend Bernice Kelly and her place where I work, uh, a place called Home. Mm-hmm. That's a nonprofit foundation, and the whole goal is to, you know, uh, open up the doors for after school for the kids in the area and that whole, the whole larger area of South Central. Kids mm-hmm. to come in, they get tutoring, there's classes uh, to enrich them, you know, and there's mentoring to just try to teach them, you know, respect people and not to bully people and, you know, how not to be bullied. And, and like I said, there's fun classes, there's a lot of music, there's dance, there's art. I am very happy to have been teaching, to be still teaching a comic book class there uh, cool. once a week. Um and again, all the people there, you know, that's their job, and they all earn a living there. But yeah, they work. Sometimes they got to work extra hours just to get stuff done, and you know, and then you know, it's, sometimes it's hard working with, uh, not hard working with kids, but sometimes because the kids come from disadvantaged backgrounds, and you know, I I, I don't know much about because I only get there for the afternoon for my classes, so I'm not there every day. But yeah, there's there's difficult circumstances with, with any 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 group of kids that come from difficult places, so. Uh, these people who not only, you know, they teach there, but sometimes they have to lend an ear and uh, a little bit of corazón to just, uh, you know, help these kids through the day. So anyway, I really want to just congratulate all the people who work in nonprofit art foundations and librarians because they're doing, they're doing it because they love it. And it's helping people in so many good ways, like for their mind and their, and their heart and their soul. So that's my tribute. Absolutely. Nice. We agree with that. Yeah, we agree definitely. with that statement. Definitely. <laughs> well, Thank you. Awesome. Uh, I, I want to piggyback a little bit on um, that because uh, you mentioned um, Bernice's uh, uh, KO, which is Comic Art and Literacy Expo, which is happening on Saturday, October 21st uh, from 11 to 4 o'clock. And it's going to be in uh, the South Central area. Um, I'm not. I don't have an address here, but maybe we can post that a little bit later. But I, I've spoken with her about um, representation in comics is awesome and it's amazing and it's something that we like to highlight here in Commodity Comics and it's something that obviously you're highlighting at the Latino Comics Expo. But something that doesn't get a lot of attention and um, it's just as, if not more important, is access. Access to comic books uh, right. for a lot of marginalized groups um, is almost non-existent. So the fact that this comic book uh, and lit- uh, comic art and literacy expo is happening in the neighborhood, just the way that East LA Comic Con uh, happened, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's going to be uh, there within uh, the the neighborhood uh, uh, community. What I was going to say, community... Um, in the hood. <laughs> I can say this. I live in South Central. <laughs> I just, I think that it's amazing and it's awesome and taking comics to the people that do not normally have um, those kinds of, um, I guess, art mediums uh, open to them. There's no comic book shop in, in South Central. There isn't uh, a comic book shop within, like, 10 miles of South Central. 
Because yeah. uh, no Hispanic goes to Melrose <laughs> unless they work there. Oh. Yeah, I was. So there. the the fact that this is happening and that uh, you know you you made it part of your Juntos y Fuertes, I think is just amazing. And I wanted to just um, give a little bit more of a shout out. And we'll definitely post all the uh, contact information and and um, event information on our page. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be at yeah our school there, a place called home. And uh, oh, here it is. It's, Two nine zero one South Central Avenue. There we go, Los Angeles, California nine zero zero one one. Yep, there we go. <laughs> Excellent. But but it's so true. Like you're highlighting the fact that you're probably gonna see more shows like this where they're bringing they're bringing you know quote in quotes San Diego Comic Con to the uh, right to these small communities. And Bernice and her um, her staff have done a great job. I'm looking at the poster. They got about I'm super, eight or nine or ten local comic shops mm-hmm. I mean I mean, like from the greater area because he said they're all over from Jeffrey's Comics in the South Bay to Comic mm-hmm. Bug mm-hmm. Uh, Meltdown to donate comics yep. uh, little trade paperbacks she got Disney on board I know yeah. so these the kids are going to be able to show up get there early parents kids and just and I know Bernice has been working on the layout but you know it's like free complicated there's going to be stacks of books where people can go through and get yep. you know with reason, pick up free comics and take those home, and they want to stick around for the panels, hopefully, mm-hmm. and, and us artists. I got to sell some books, kids. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a great event, and it's free, and it's, uh, yeah, definitely community-created and, you know, powered, so I'm all for it. I love it. Well, thank you for all that you're doing, uh, not just with your expo, but I know you mentioned working and doing workshops and uh, libraries and then your participation in this expo. You're all over the place, Javier. Oh, my gosh. I've aged five years and I have an event every week. <laughs> and then I got to do, the, do my damn expo. So, anyway, it's all good. I'm blessed to be uh, just have the talent and then the opportunity to do this type of thing. And it's been an honor to finally be on. What's your comment? My bad. My bad. <laughs> Well, we want to give you um, a huge shout-out and thanks for being uh, on the show today and for giving us your most valuable time and um, ask you if there was anything else that you felt like you wanted to share about uh, the Latino Comics Expo. Uh, just that, yeah, people, please make your plans. It's a two-day show in November, 11 and 12. Uh, bring your kids, bring your friends, bring your parents, uh, you know, because... On, on Twitter, I, I see so many times, like, you know, and it's legit. We don't see representation. We don't, okay, well, here we go, two days. We got Latinos, Latinas from Chicago, Texas, coming in from Oregon. I mean, you know, and every stripe of of Latinata, right? Mexican, Puerto Rican, Cuban, South American. So please come and support and, you know, check out our work, check out our panels. And um, on a personal note, check out my site. Zilla.com. Uh, that's you know I do my own comics and such. So from there you find links to my store and my Twitter and Facebook and such. And um, for more info on Latino Comics Expo, go to our Facebook page, Latino Comics Expo, or go to our, our brand new website, which our good friend uh, Dustin Garcia built for us, LatinoComicsExpo.com. We'll be uploading the full list of uh, artists and panels. Um, in the next week or two, I know it's getting close. So, uh, but definitely on Facebook, you can stay up to date with all our uh, latest 
posting. So thank you, ladies, for having me on the show. I, I mean, it's been a super, super fun. <laughs> well, thank you. And we'll be posting up uh, links to those websites as well so people can access them readily uh, for the information that they're looking for, especially a list of artists and, uh, and comic book writers and the guests that are going to be at the at this expo. So it, it, it's... Um, Thank you for for shouting that out. That way we are able to bring that to the listener so that nobody's kind of like trying to find out where to find these. Right, right. And I have to say, Havzilla.com is awesome. That that (laughs) name is amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it was either a no-brainer or I just couldn't think of anything that day. But yeah, for almost 20 years, Havzilla, so thank you. (laughs) That's great. Well, again, thank you so much, and um, we will see you. Uh, well, you'll see me as a blur, just like you sh- uh, throwing money at people at your expo. <laughs> <laughs> La, La Fidi Gonzalez. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the flash, the blur. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I like well, that. Thank you, Sarah, Jen, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. Awesome. Take care. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of our fantastic episode number 22. Um, what events are we highlighting? Well, uh, for those of you who are going to be attending Stan Lee's Los Angeles Comic Con, which is Saturday, well, actually Friday, October 27th through Sunday, October 29th. Surprise, surprise, Comadresi Comics is going to be on a panel on that Saturday, the 28th, at 1030. Uh, and check out the uh, the brochure to find out um, exactly what room it's going to be in. But the panel is going to be a Comadresi Comics and fan base, uh, I'm sorry, a Quince um, panel where we are going to talk about the importance of inclusivity and representation in the comic book medium. Excellent. And just to repeat, we will be at the Latin Comics Expo November 11th and 12th. We'll be having a booth there, and uh, we'll be sharing it with collectors, Eddie's (laughs) Eddie's and comic about uh, owning a comic book collection and being married, which... Surprise, surprise, (laughs) I helped translate. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. (laughs) So... There's going to be uh, an English and Spanish version. Yes, that. this is his. This he's going to basically introduce his first ever Spanish comic book there at the uh, Latino Comic Expo, which is uh, pretty awesome. And I've been helping to edit it, and mm-hmm. I've been laughing in Spanish. It's almost more funny. <laughs> well, I cannot wait to read it in Spanish. Yeah. I had to make sure, like, because some of the jokes don't translate yeah. well so I had yeah. to like change it up a little bit yeah. and I was just like alright gotta do the same <laughs> the equivalent yeah yeah. <laughs> excellent and also wanted to remind you that we are uh, hosting a Quince event for the Quince trade paperback release of the comic book Quince by, by com- Fanbase Press and uh, we're hosting it at uh, Comadre Comics is hosting it at Heidi Ho Comics October the 27th and the 20th no, nope. that's wrong. Sorry. It's November 4th. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I grabbed the wrong uh, image. Uh, that's November 4th, guys. We will be having uh, horchata, food, uh, music, a photo booth, a candy, um, a candy table, and um, just come and bring the girls. 
Um, and if you want to wear a big fancy dress, then I say go for it. Yes. Go for it. We encourage all attendees to dress in their best quince attire, whether that's the actual uh Quince girl or a chambalan or whatever uh, it is that you want to uh, dress up as as far as what you consider quince attire, we highly recommend it. It's going to be a fun party. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, we hope to see you there. And uh, most of these events are free, so please spread the word. Definitely. Hit us up on um, Instagram. Uh, we will put up all of our information of the upcoming events. Um, you can always find us at Comadres e Comics. And you can hit us up on Twitter at Comic Comadres. If you want to know about the latest news, if you just want to see what I've been liking and retweeting, <laughs> or like when I accidentally mistake the <laughs> account for my account and then I like something and then I have to unlike it because I'm just like, oh, whoops, that's personal. <laughs> um, but hit us up. I'll review if you have any recommendations or if you just want to chat at Comic Comadres on Twitter. Excellent. Also, always find us on Facebook and also. Uh, we have an email at comadresycomments uh, at gmail.com um, if you want to ask us a question or if you want to shout us out or anything. And again, the ongoing um, contest right now, rate and review us on iTunes and win a prize. So we have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.